Will you go through all three of those? No. Oh, no. Okay. No, one other one is for you. Oh, okay, just good. Just in case you wanted to. Good. Because <laughs> oh, yeah, that's, that's a beast. You're a fucking beast going through three cups. Oh, we're live. <laughs> so you're we're trying to figure out how much. I think these are 270 milligrams of caffeine. If you drank three of these, Jamie, that would kill you, right? That kill you? Yeah. No. Wouldn't kill you. It would fuck you up. I thought you walked in with three coffees. I was like, God oh, damn, Rogan. You're going to die. Like, straight up die after no, the show. One is for you. And okay. uh, hopefully we won't need both. Well, I, I don't know. I've, I've drank both of them before in a show, I, which is I, like 500 plus milligrams. I'm addicted to coffee, though, man. I will just drink it. Yeah. when I'm, I don't even need a high. I'll I just drink it. it. I love the smell of it. It's so good in yeah, the morning, man. Yeah. Oh, it's the best. And I, I, I love it with cream. I love it black. I love espresso. I love it all. See, I, I got rid of drinking the whole coffee. I'm now an espresso drinker. Really? Two shots in the morning. A double shot. A double yeah. shot. And then like a couple hours later, another. I'll do like eight double shots throughout the day because to me, that's better than drinking one coffee. Yes. Yeah. But it's not. It's not. <laughs> it's actually, apparently, espresso has less caffeine in it than coffee does even though it seems like it has a lot it, it doesn't but you have to drink more acidic it just acid tastes like shit yeah, yeah it doesn't taste like shit but it, it's definitely an acquired taste i enjoy it but it's one of the rare things i drink that is that big and i'm holding my finger up like uh, yeah two inches two inches yeah it's that it's two inches and it'll take me 10 15 minutes to drink it for an espresso yeah it should be like a, a slow oh my god like why are you drinking so slow i like it i like to savor it like nah, this, like man. a gentleman. Pinky's out, bro. Pinky's out. There's only one way to do it with these fat Neanderthal fingers. <laughs> if you're holding that little tiny yeah. handle, you can't get your whole hand in there. You like can't a look man. like a man drinking an espresso. Right. It's not like a beer stein nah. made out of a, a rhino horn. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's a tiny little thing. You cannot look tough drinking an espresso. But I, I drink mine in like three seconds. Do you? Just I just pound them. And See, then I go to the gym. I can't, well, I do that too. One time I uh, I drank five. I have a Nespresso espresso maker, and I put five capsules in there, and I filled a mug up with it, like a coffee <laughs> mug, and I drank it, and I ran four miles now, like was a, it as a fucking animal through the hills like I was being chased by wolves. <laughs> you were just howling. <laughs> what the fuck am I wolves doing? Wolves are chasing you. <laughs> I was like, why did I drink so much? So what is Espresso at? What does it say there, Jamie? Okay, coffee brewed. See, but it all is all depends on the company because Starbucks is extremely caffeinated. Yeah, see, Starbucks is way up the chart. Look at it there. Starbucks what? tall is like closing in on two hundred and what is it? it? Looks like about two seventy. Yeah, I think that's about somewhere that. in the range of two hundred and seventy milligrams of caffeine. But that's a coffee. That's not right. Not espresso. So, so coffee. It would be better to go to Starbucks and get a tall coffee. Then but there's an espresso. See how low it is? It's below a oh. hundred. Yeah. So, so that's why I'm drinking so many of them. So when I drank five, I guess, I think <laughs> I had five. I paid 500 milligrams, which is basically <laughs> less than drinking two of these things. See? Yeah, these caveman nitros. These are the shit. Yeah. I live off these goddamn things. They're responsible for half my productivity. <laughs> I'm basically, I'm too chicken shit to go on Adderall, so I just I just drink this stuff all day. What? <laughs> It's a good move. Good move. I, I, there's nothing wrong with coffee, man. I'm scared of Adderall. But people admit they're alert, they're addicted to coffee, and everyone's like, ah, me too. If you go, dude, I am so addicted to Adderall, they're like, okay, Joe. Dude. I'm not calling you dude, anymore. Like, like you're <laughs> you, going to think I'm lame, but till five years ago, I didn't even know what Adderall it was. Good. No, I think you're smart. Like, I good did for not, you. Like, all my friends in Houston, they do it. And I asked my friend, like, I text him, and I go, hey, man, what's, you got, uh, what's your Addy? And he goes, 
yeah, we got Adderall. I was like, what are you talking? No, your address to go to your house. Like li- literally, he thought I was talking about Adderall. And then he explained to me, like when you're in a club and you want to stay up and you want to stay like energized, you take Adderall. And I was like, oh, okay. But I, I don't drink, so I can stay up till three, four o'clock in the morning and be fine. What's fascinating about Adderall is what they've essentially done is taken an amphetamine and made it so that if you prescribe it for a condition, right? Like they give it to people who have what ADD is one mm-hmm. of them, right? Whatever the fuck that means. And it's very debatable whether or not you have it or don't have Everybody it. Everybody has ADD. Upon, I have it for sure. If it's yeah. real, if it's real, I have it. But they give you Adderall, yeah. which is fucking speed. And because it's a medication that you give to somebody who has supposedly has a condition. And by the way, I'm not diagnosing you. If you're out there, you're getting frustrated with me right yeah. now. Just listen to me. It's fucking speed. Maybe you need speed. Maybe you're that person that needs speed. Maybe you do need it legitimately as a medication. But there's a fuckload of people that are just doing speed. So by somebody giving you speed, it's supposed to slow you down so you won't have ADD? Is that the reason? They say legit, if you have the legit ADD. Look, I am not doubting that some people have whatever the fuck I have worse than I have. Yeah. There's a spectrum, right? With everything. But for some people, when they take Adderall or similar type of substances, it actually lets them focus, and they can they can actually be on track. So by speeding it up, somehow it focuses. I don't get in. it. I think their I don't understand. system. It's. I think the idea is that it's proof that their system is wired wrong, which is why when you give them that speed, they can center out and mellow out. My uh, friend, my friend's a doctor, and I was talking to him, and I used to, you know, just pop by to say what's up, and he goes, "Hey, man, just to let you know, the more you go to a doctor." the faster you'll die. And I go, what? <laughs> yeah. He's like, I just want to let, no, yeah, yeah. He says, the more you go to us, you come to us, the faster you'll die. I was like, what are you talking about? Cause a lot of doctors are crooked and they'll give you something for what you think you got. And then after that wears off, they have to give you something else. So now you just keep filling yourself with stuff to fix the other thing that was wrong. Oh. And he goes, some, some doctors are not good people. And he goes, the more people go to doctors, the faster they die. Put it in point. My mom, breast cancer twice right and my dad's never been to the doctor he's 75 years old never been to the doctor once because he's like well as soon as you go to the doctor they tell you something wrong you die you know literally yeah but if you have cancer you should go to a fucking doctor. well he didn't have cancer my mom did right but if he had cancer he should go to a fucking doctor but i don't think he would go even if he what? had yeah he's just but your like, mom beat it twice and she's yeah. still here yeah she is so she, in the second you, time she beat it, she didn't even tell me she had it doesn't your dad want to beat it if he gets it no, nah. yeah, my dad is kind of dudes like, hey, I've been through a lot. I'm fine. Like he's he hates going to the doctor. The only time he went to the doctor, he had a back problem. And I that's feel it. Like if but he that's met a old good school. doctor, what if he met a good doctor, like uh, a doctor that he likes, like a guy he plays golf with or some shit? No, nah, my golf? dad, my dad is not social. It's not. No, no, no. I'm totally it's weird. You're so social. I, I'm totally opposite. Like my dad's story is crazy. Like he, you know, he went through segregation. He got a PhD in nuclear physics. Whoa. Like, oh yeah, my dad's a genius. But oh, shit, but, you're out there talking shit and yeah. telling jokes, <laughs> telling jokes. <laughs> I'm a failure. Am I? <laughs> like, I'm a but failure. you're not because you're. A success at it so he's got to go all right yeah yeah he you know? knew he's the one that told me to drop out of college really yeah i played football for the how U- did he say it though he said you need to drop out of college you're not smart like <laughs> <laughs> 
See, that's not supportive. It's not like, Michael, no. you need to drop out of college oh, no. and chase your dreams. Oh, no, 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 no. He's like, my dad's whole thing is, I got a PhD in nuclear physics. I know what wanting to be in school is, and, oh. and you don't want to be in school, and you, you, you got a personality. Go do that, but you're dumb. Like, oh, literally. He no. would say that. Oh, my, my parents God. were not supportive, though. <laughs> They were just not support. Like my mom wanted me to be a doctor, but she knew I wasn't bright enough to be a doctor. So like my dad said, you got to drop out. See, I don't think you're not bright enough to be a doctor. I think you're not interested in being a doctor. Yeah, no. See, because I see how you pursue stand up and show business. You're you're a bright, ambitious guy. Oh, you just 100%. don't want to be operating on people that are on anesthesia with fucking <sighs> headlamps on and shit and Rubber gloves covered with blood. Get the fuck out of here. I don't want nobody dying on me. That would be the worst. Having somebody die while you're working on them, and then you got to go tell their family, hey, man, sorry, my bad. You know, oh, the pressure of those people. Jamie, was it you that was telling me yesterday about the guy who's the EMT? Tell me me what you told me. He he said he was listening to the podcast we did with Luis J. Gomez about people getting head injuries, Uh, and he has been doing, I believe, for like 15 years or so, like, doesn't do it every single day because you don't work every single day, but on a three-day basis or so, every day he works, he sees at least one person dead from a head injury, whether it's an elderly person, they slipped on ice, something. People fall and hit their heads. Oh, yeah. Like, that's why, please, folks, if you're listening to me and you want to punch somebody and knock them out, please don't do it. Just go to a gym, get your frustrations out, don't fight on the street. You could kill somebody. Or you can get killed, even accidentally. Even if you really don't hate the guy that much, you punch him in the face, they go unconscious, their head hits the ground. People die all the time. I mean, I've told the story about when Kevin James used to work as a bouncer in Long Island, a a guy that he was working with punched a guy and killed him. Really? Yeah, Kevin, Kevin wasn't there, but he knew the guy, and the guy accidentally killed a drunk guy. Drunk guy's coming at him. He punched him, I guess. I don't know the whole story. But that shit happens all the time. I've seen guys And it's not about out. the punch, though. It's about when they hit Bang. their head you, after you're the punch. You're getting hit by the world. Yeah. Think about that. Think of the world just dropped on your head. That's what it's like. Your body mass bouncing off a completely, Ugh. especially concrete. There's no give. So your head just clock. It sounds horrible. Why, listening to someone's head bounce off concrete is one of the scariest fucking sounds. Ugh. It's horrible. Even if you do it to somebody and you wanted to hurt them, when you hear their head bounce off concrete, you're like, oh, shit. Like, that's not as simple as, like, you punch them. You punch them and then, you know, whatever they weigh, 190 pounds with all the mass of gra- all their mass and gravity pulling them towards the ground with nothing Ugh. slowing it down but meat and head. Bang, bone, I, shoulder. I, that reminds me when I was 10 years old, I was sitting on the curb. And this is the first time I saw death in real life from a head injury. Ooh. I was sitting with my friend on the curb and a guy was driving a motorcycle and he was speeding up and down the street. And right on Iriswood in Houston, Texas, he's flying down, a car pulls out and he hits it. Back then they didn't wear helmets. So he literally flew up in the air and landed about 20 feet from us, his head hit first and exploded like a watermelon. And this is like, I was 10 years old watching this. So the next morning, you know, the police come, my parents get me to tell me, don't look at it. I I go out there the next day, it's just bloodstains everywhere, and his wife is picking up his hair that's stuck to the concrete. And I remember it so vividly. I was, next door neighbor was Eric, and we were sitting on the curb watching this lady pick up her uh, husband's hair that was stuck in 
and that's the first time I ever saw death. And it it it, it was oh, and, Fuck, and it was a gnarly death too. It was like that faces of death stuff. Like it was bad. It was bad. The, the, the I never rode a motorcycle because the, of that. Yeah, there's yeah. not. Uh, there's not a lot of reasons to ride a motorcycle other than it's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> this is fuck, fucking danger. I, I took uh, motorcycle safety classes, and then two of my friends uh, wiped out. One of them got hit by a car, and one Ooh. of them uh, fell uh, going around a corner and fucked his shoulder up. I, uh, I, after that accident, probably about six years later, you know when three-wheelers were big back then? Yeah. And my friend, same friend that was on the curb, we were three-wheeling, and, and where I grew up, there was a bunch of ditches. So we're going, and he thought he could go down in the ditch and come up the other side, but I think he forgot that it's flat on the bottom of real ditches. Ugh. So literally, we're going, and we hit the bottom, and I flew up, and literally half my face was like just wrecked. I was in a hospital, and and we didn't have helmets at of that course. time, and because we we're young and dumb and just Ugh. wanted to like stupid, stupid, stupid. To, Kids, like, you, you shouldn't like when you let boys just wander around. It's never good. It's never the dumb shit that they do that they think is okay. Let's try this. Hey, take those fireworks and stick them in this tree. This and, old rotted down tree. Let's blow it up. <laughs> yeah. and, and the problem is, I think, I think, I think today, parents. At least we know more. I feel we tell, but like our parents. At least my parents. They didn't really give me guidance. You know, they right. were kind of like, hey, figure it out on your own. Mine too. Yeah. yeah. And I think that was that generation though. Yeah. They, yeah. Like my yeah. parents is the parents that didn't tell you they loved me till I was 29 and I forced them to. It's oh, that kind of thing. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's different. Yeah. My parents tell me they love me all the time. <laughs> my parents were hippies. Oh, yeah, right. my mom oh. and my stepdad are hippies. I, I don't know. Maybe it was in, my, a, in a good way. In a good really, way. Really nice people. Yeah. But, I, um, yeah, man, they didn't tell me shit, though, like the, what to do. Yeah. So all of a sudden, why are your grades so bad? I'm like, oh, what the fuck do I do? Tell me someone tell me what to do. But they've worked, <laughs> man. You know, like when and you have, like if you have a full-time job and the, the wife has a full-time job and you're raising children, man, how much time does that really leave? I mean, none. You don't get home until six, seven. Like when do you get out of work? At five. Like by the time you get home, the kids have been home from school for three hours, they're already exhausted. They yeah. just want to eat and go to sleep. Yeah. Like you're not learning anything about each other for like five days a week. Well, I, that's my my mom worked for my dad, so I got to see my mom mm -hmm. a lot, but it, it was a type of relationship where when I was growing up, my mom's Asian, my dad's black. I guess there wasn't that, hey, we love you. I mean, I knew mm. they loved me, but they didn't ever they didn't say it. it. And the only reason they said it is because I was uh, dating a girl at the time, and they used the I love you thing all the time, and I thought that was very strange because I've never heard oh. people just say it. All the, hey, I love you, I love you, I love you. So I called my dad and I was like, hey, I love you. And he goes, and he hung up. Like literally he got like kind of like, he was just like, okay. You know, it was like, all right, cool. And then he hung up. And then now after I got married and have a kid, now we say it, I love you all the time. Mm. You know, so, cause I don't want my son to grow up with, no, I love you. Beautiful. You That's, know? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's just, this is a different time for them, man. It was a different time. It's a foolish insecurity. Cause if you say you love you, <clears throat> if you say I love you to someone, um, either they love you back and it feels great or they don't and you don't hang out with them anymore. <laughs> you ever say it's I love you to somebody easy. and you're like, eh. No, well, I, I reserve it for people that I love and usually they love you too. Unless yeah. you're, there's something wrong with your wiring. Unless yeah. you're looking at it wrong. 
you know? Yeah. I No, nah, that's never happened to me, Joe, where but I told I, somebody I loved them and they said n- nothing back. It can happen. Is it, dudes clam up sometimes. Tell a friend you love them. Hey, I love you, man. They go, yikes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is not for me. <laughs> this is too weird, man. <laughs> I grew up in Nebraska. But I think it's also a young dude thing, too. When you're young, you're macho. You don't want to say I love you to another yeah, dude. Now, when, sure. you, when you get older. Especially like, if you live in Nebraska. Yeah. I'm just kidding, Nebraska. <laughs> don't get uptight. Somebody sent me a box of Nebraska t-shirts. Like the Cornhuskers? On like, listen, son, I ain't wearing that. <laughs> <laughs> my, my wife's father is from Nebraska. <laughs> is he? Yeah. Well, mm. There you go. Yeah. It's a good spot. <laughs> <laughs> it's good a spot as any. All yeah. those spots that used to suck, they don't suck as much anymore now I because mean, of the internet. Really? I mean, yeah. what, what's there to do in Nebraska? Let's be serious. Like pheasant hunt. I think it's a good pheasant hunting spot. Okay. okay. They got the corn huskers. <laughs> they got corn. <laughs> they got corn. The I husk- mean, if you just want to be alone and start, start a cult, I think it's a good spot to start out. It's great. Yeah. yeah. If you want to start a cult, though, you got to live in an attractive climate. You know, I think that's why... Uh, that's why. Bo- what's that place in Bo- Arizona that everybody goes to? Scottsdale? No, no, no. The other one. Sedona? Yeah, that one. That's the one where all the cult leaders go to. Well, <laughs> <laughs> How do you explain Waco then? That's the armpit of Texas. Let's it be- is, but it isn't. You can get to Dallas pretty quick from Waco. <laughs> yeah, that's right. You, you know? can recruit. You yeah, can go to Dallas. You can go to recruit. Dallas and say, let's go to a ranch out in Waco. <laughs> go check out a Cowboys game, yeah. come back it's after not recruiting. That far. Yeah. No, nah, yeah. I, I couldn't, this whole cult thing, I don't get it. Sedona's a weird one, right? Because it's all like crystals and healers. It's all people looking to be spiritual. Like they've given up on, on traditional religion, but they seem to need that sort of vibe. Yeah. And so they, they get into like spiritual stuff and channelers and healers. Have you got into that stuff? Yeah, oh, I knew it all day long. Are you, <laughs> uh, <laughs> what I'm all about channeling, bro. <laughs> That's my thing. I'm into channeling. Yeah, right. I mean, no, no. I think we, I really do believe, and I've, I've been believing this more and more lately, though, that our understanding of what our memory is, is uh, very limited. And that the reason why people are scared of things, some things, is probably because there's some sort of genetic memory of someone that they knew. Like, I bet your kid <clears throat> will have somehow or another that knowledge of that motorcycle accident and that feet there's i think shit no. like that goes through dna really I do. yeah i do i think that's why kids are scared of monsters you know why are kids scared of monsters why aren't they scared of uh, bullets or fires or you know like why, why aren't they scared i mean they're, they're scared of something that, that i was scared of growing up Is no that what that you're saying? animals used to eat people yeah. That's what I think. Mm-hmm. I think monsters represent like jaguars and shit. Like you're going through the jungle to try to get some water and you get jacked. That's our ancestors. All yeah. of our ancestors. Every single human being on this planet came from Africa. All of us. 100% of us. Everyone. Absolutely. Asian, black, white. All of us got eaten. All of our ancestors so got eaten. So in our DNA, it's wired. There's that- cats out there, bro. Yeah. <laughs> what are you afraid of? Monsters in the dark. Those are cats, man. We got jacked by cats, like, all the time. Yeah. Yeah. So I, that's why everybody's scared of things under the bed. What's in the closet? They're hiding. They're cats. Big cats looking to get you. I don't know about that. <laughs> <laughs> like, 
this was very scary for a moment, but I don't believe in that. But why do you I, think that animals have instincts, right? Like, here's a perfect example. But we have instincts. Right, but what kind of instincts? Animals have weird instincts. Like, they all sniff each other's assholes. Yeah. They all piss on spots where other animals did. They don't... Nobody had to teach my dog how to do that. My dog, I got him when he was six weeks old, and I've had him for two and a half years. That motherfucker will sniff something, and he sees somebody pee on it, he pees on it. But he well, learned that from his... He his. didn't learn that from nobody. No, he learned that from his dog people or whatever. Like, when he, he learned, came over here, he didn't know jack shit. So he, he learned that from us. Old, well, he you're saying he learned that ground. from us? No, I think it's in his DNA. DNA. Okay, yeah, I get that. But, but what is the DNA? Like, doesn't the, your DNA carry some traces of information onto your own children? Like, what I notice in my children okay. is they share certain weird traits that I have that I don't think, like, like uh, obsessive compulsive traits that I don't think they see because I don't really bring that home. Like, especially, like, the workout stuff and, and like, some, some things that I really get kind of psychotic about, martial arts stuff. My, my middle daughter has that in a crazy way. And I'm like, oh, okay, this is me if I was a girl. Okay. Like, if I was a little girl. Girl, this is me like what is it? so is this my memory that's in her or is it do i have like some weird uh, obsessive gene like, I, which is it? it 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 is the dna because i see my son he's only two he just turned two but he makes facial expressions and looks like he does certain looks that i do mm. and and my wife goes he's acting like you right now do you, you think know? he's acting like you because he sees you act like that or is no, he acting like you no. because he knows in his head that that's how it's, you he's react? He's wired like that. Ah. Hey, because when I watch it, he doesn't know. Like a lot of this stuff he does, I don't. E I don't you even know. do. He just does. Th like my mom, oh, oh, come over and she'll watch him. She go, you know, he's just like you when you were this age. Mm. And it's so weird. Yeah, it's in the DNA. It's in something, right? Whatever it is, whether it's in cellular memory, DNA, some sort of genetic information gets passed on from the parents to the child. You could say that about <clears throat> athletics, though. Like if you no, get no, but that's that's a little different, though. But it's in the, the DNA. Yeah, it is in the yeah. DNA. But it's not an ethereal thing like a thought. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like so, like here's one: aphidophobia or arachnophobia, fear of snakes or spiders. Those have you ever seen anybody who has that? Well, you were on Fear Factor with me. Oh my god, that was <laughs> that was the worst. I should say you were you made it out, brother. Boom. Congratulations. Yes. <laughs> No, do you remember? I was Season on the, one, episode one. I was the pilot yeah. episode of the Fear Factor. The pilot episode. And that's where I met you for the yeah. first time. 16, can you believe 16, what, 2001? Yeah. What is that? Where that's we, 18, 18 years ago. 18 years ago we yeah. met. Because that was that was right after 9-11. Yes. Yeah. Right after. And they flew us down. And the first time I met you, it was at Saddle Ranch. And you were like, welcome. Look at this, dude. Oh, Michael, okay. This, <laughs> this is, is way later. later. This is later. This is way later when we did yeah, the yeah. new season of it oh, in like 2011. Yeah, I think you tried it was. to get me to eat that spider. Yeah, that's and I was didn't acting like taste a bad, bro. Dude, dude, that's not a normal thing. And you just chomped it like a champ. So this whole scene, I'm acting like a little bee. Oh, you and just was a little, little fearful. You had to eat sheep's eyebrow eyeballs, though. Dude, I remember what you had to eat. Dude, now those yeah. were disgusting. Yeah. Have you ever, did you eat the yeah, sheep eyeball? Yeah, I ate it because I felt bad for you guys. That was before I'd hardened. I'd been hardened to the world. Because yeah. you guys were episode one, season one. Yeah. And it didn't seem right for me that you guys would have to eat these things, and I didn't eat it. So I said, all right, if you guys eat it, I'll eat it too. But they didn't show it. Like, they wouldn't show it on television that I ate it because they didn't they like they didn't want it to look too easy. Easy, yeah. It's so weird. But it, it, it like was shit, but though. yeah, oh my god. I remember biting down into it and it kind of like burst. Yeah. And then that retina that mm -hmm. you had to Very just chew. Yeah, you had to chew on that retina and we had to eat 3 of them. Yeah. They weren't good. 
No, they were horrible. But you know what was surprisingly mild? <clears throat> I ate a roach. T- I'm not not bragging. It doesn't yeah, taste like it, much. Just a roach? No, it doesn't taste like much. Like, but why not, would you eat a roach? Was I, that part of the show? Yeah, it was... Um, <clears throat> It was a celebrity fear factor, and okay. um, there was a young lady who was scared to eat a roach, and uh, she was going to get eliminated from the show, and so I said, listen, I'll make you a deal. I'll If you do it, I'll do it. And she's like, you will? I go, yeah, I will. And she wouldn't do it, so she made a deal like, like three worms. She decided, I'll eat three worms. Like, we negotiated yeah. the three worms. Uh-huh. And so then I ate a roach. I, I remember when I was on that show, the question they would ask you in the survey is, what's your fear of dying? And mm. I wrote down dying underwater because that would be my biggest fear is dying underwater. And so the, our last stunt was when they dumped us underwater. And yeah. my friends still send me screenshots of that because that's when I had long hair and I put a bunch of gel in it. And they dunked <laughs> me under the tank. And literally, it looked like a squid shooting like out. Slick. Oh, my God. You, if you, you could Google. Google Michael Yo uh, Fear Fat, and it's my friends will just screenshot that, and they still play that to this day. They still play that episode. Of yeah, Fear they Factor. play all of them. They play them on um, different like True TV or something like that. One of those I cable remember, shows. I remember that when we were talking, <laughs> I would go because you were. Uh, what show were you on at that time? News was radio. That, you were on news radio. Well, I ha- I, that was a couple that, of years earlier. There you are. Look at that. What happened? Yeah, and, and okay, so that's the sheep eyeballs. Michael Yo. <laughs> Look at you eating sheep's eyeballs. So at the end, at the end, I go to Joe and I go, hey, man, I I can't do the last stunt. Look at that. I can't. Okay. So this is you talking to me because Joe goes, Joe goes, hey, I I go, Joe, I'm not going to be able to make it through this whole stunt. I can't hold my breath for that long. And you go, I'll just make it look great for the camera. (laughs) So when I get (laughs) I was going to try to talk you into it, but I wasn't good enough at it then. I, did, I had to figure out how to talk people into it because I knew there's some people that were just psyching themselves out. Yeah, and the smoker won our episode. The yeah. guy that we thought that was going to lose. No oxygen. Yeah. In his fucking system. <laughs> <laughs> He's used to having no oxygen. Yeah. So, <laughs> and that's when they casted Fear Factor off of personality. And mm. then it just became a hot fest. Like, if you were sexy. It was sexy, a lot of it. Yeah. But it was also, um, you know, they kept ramping up the difficulty of stuff. Like, the last season scared the shit out of me when they were launching a car through a moving train and an explosion happens in the car. It was like, uh, what? You're going to kill somebody. Like, and, and when I came up to your, uh, I think it was the last season, y'all were doing something with a donkey dong. Donkey come. Yeah, donkey that's what got come. Us, that's what got us canceled. Yeah, yes. Because <laughs> I remember showing up and Joe says, come here, yo. And he goes, they're about to drink donkey come. <laughs> like, what? It was so crazy. I thought everybody was going to quit. When I showed up, that day and they brought the paper into my trailer and they told me what it was going to be i don't think i knew about that one before some of them i I knew about knew about before but i don't think i knew about that one i think when they brought that in i had no idea and i was like you can't do this i'm like no one's going to do it first of all they're all going to quit but what was hilarious is i'm sitting there next to you watching them drink this (laughs) stuff and then we're just laughing <laughs> but dude, how about an intern had to drink it? An intern had to drink it. I think they only got like a hundred dollars. What for? What? Well, it was like part of the thing is that they would have to test it when <laughs> when they would like say, "Here's I'll give you some fear factor info." So like, say if you had to eat like uh, kidneys, yeah, right? How many how many kidneys can someone eat 
in a minute. Uh-huh. You know, like how much how much meat can you actually like consume, disgusting yeah. dried meat can you consume? Mm-hmm. And th- so what we had was certain interns that would volunteer for it, and they would get like an extra hundred and something dollars. And I would always give them money too. I would always give okay. them a couple hundred bucks on top of it. Yeah. But they would they would eat whatever the fuck it was, and then they would determine. All right, well. Mike usually can put it down like, <laughs> like, like no one. And if he can only get through three, and then some other producer would come in and go, "Fuck this! We're being pussies. Make him eat four. <gasps> oh, I would be like four. You guys are crazy. And this was like the debate. The ba- debate on the set would be like, how much blood should they drink? One gallon. One gallon of blood. Like what? They, <sighs> they never drank blood. But you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. How many horse dicks? They never ate a horse dick. But they did eat like what, bull what's dicks the- and elk dicks and deer dicks. But the donkey cum was the worst. Oh, yeah. And I even remember at the shoot, you were like, yeah, I, I think the show's over after this. Like, they yeah. didn't air it. I think they didn't, they didn't even, air it. They, they aired couldn't it in even... other countries, though. Oh, did it really? Yeah. So you could get it, like, in, I think it's like Dutch. And so it's like you hear <laughs> you hear us talk in English, but then they have Dutch subtitles. Yeah, that, that, was, yeah. that was such. So stupid. It's so dumb. Are you surprised how stupid people are to go? No, I, I, no, because I've, I think people are like, look, it's an experience. I'm here for the experience. I'm going to have some fun. This is crazy. But when you get to Donkey Kong, you're, you're kind of being rude <laughs> yeah, to those folks. That, you know, you got Donkey this, yeah. Donkey that. But then the Donkey Kong is you're like. taking advantage of their need for fame. In a weird way. No, you are. And, yeah. But hey, they want to give it. That's the game. And I remember you showing it to me first, and it was in this large uh, glass container. <clears throat> and they and it wasn't a little they had to drink. No, no, no. It was they like, had to drink a lot. Yeah. It was like the aforementioned rhino horn beer <laughs> mug. <laughs> it, was, it was a fucking large <laughs> chug of it was jizz. A, yeah. <laughs> you know what's even more offensive? Um, donkeys are, they're not fertile. Look at it. There it is. Oh, that's <laughs> it. Yes. So that cum <gasps> is useless. It's not just cum, but imagine it's like it's it's cum that can never even be babies. Okay. It's now, bullshit. But I, I remember when y'all used to do stunts. <laughs> this is disgusting. I remember <clears throat> y'all used to do stunts. It was actually a delicate, uh, like people in other countries actually ate it. Sometimes. Like oh, oh, sometimes. Yeah, like Baloo. So that's not, that's just being no, mean. No, that's just being mean. Okay, that's yeah. no other country is doing that just for fun. Yeah, they gave up on that whole, uh, this in other countries, this is considered a <laughs> yeah. delicacy. Yeah, yeah, they gave up on that a long time ago. Yeah. yeah, you had to push the envelope on that now. One of the things that made things gross, smell-wise, was actually really expensive cheese. They would go to this uh, expensive, what is it, a fromagerie? What do they call them? What do they call one of those cheese places? Yeah, that's like Italian for cheese. Sure. Formagerie? Formagerie. Is <laughs> Isn't it French, too? Something like that? Oh, sure, I'm proud. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Jamie's my. That's my translation. Yeah. Oh, I, I, they both come from. LA. I'm dumb. I'm dumb. So yeah. there you go. But anyway, this cheese that we would use was disgusting. It smelled so bad, but apparently it tastes really good if you're into that kind of cheese. Mm-hmm. Like Bourdain was really into stinky cheese. Like he would talk to me about it, like with passion. Like that, just the the fucking stinkier the better. Like disgusting smelling cheese, and the taste is fantastic. I'd be like, wow. I would think that the smell would we'll fuck turn up you your off. taste buds. Yeah, absolutely. Pan- I, I don't know. It's like one of those things where I guess you catch like the right vibe. Like you go in it with the right attitude. And there you- is no attitude. If it stinks, <laughs> fuck that, dude. Like, so we I would can't take eat this anything that smells. Cheese and they would squeegee it off into a blender. 
Nah. And then they blend it up with the other stuff, like worms and shit. It would make the worms taste horrific or smell horrific. Oh, so you were just messing with their uh, smell sense. So it could yes. make it seem like it was worse it than was it really was. It was making it worse because it smelled worse. So it was making it more like, <laughs> you <could laughs> smell it, but <laughs> people would just start retching. <laughs> <laughs> it was, it's a ridiculous fucking thing. It's a ridiculous thing. Like to the show is really silly. No, but I I love that these people wanted to be famous. Well, you, know? you did and it too, bro. But I was but <laughs> let me t- <laughs> no 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 no. But I I was different. No, no, me too. Me too. No, I no, was no. different too. No, because how it happened? I was in Austin, Texas, and there was an ad in the paper that goes, "Hey, have you ever done anything adventurous?" And I was like, "No, let me go in for this cast." I was a radio DJ out there at um, at this radio station, so I go in, and then Mikey. Uh, they called him the chimp. He he was the casting person. Yes, and literally two weeks later, three weeks later, I'm in Hollywood shooting this thing, and then I meet you. And then I remember going up to you because I was in awe. It was the first time in Hollywood. I go and I knew you from news radio. I was like, how do you do it? And you go, just fucking be yourself. You can be successful, and that's what you're doing right now. Just fucking being yourself. That's man. what you're doing too. We're we're, we're trying. We're trying, <laughs> you man. Listened. Well, yeah, I did listen. <laughs> what a ridiculous piece of advice. Just be yourself. Just <laughs> good <no>. luck. <laughs> Whatever you do, don't improve. Yeah, just be yourself. Be who you are right now forever. Good luck. Just be yourself. That's all you need, bro. That's it. Don't just let you. tell you wrong. Just believe in your dreams. And make a vision board. You gotta have a vision board. Joe was just trying to get me out of his face. Oh, just be you. All right, bye. No, it's, it, that is the right advice, if, especially if you want to be an entertainer. If you can figure out how to be yourself, as long as yourself is actually something interesting. And if it's not, work on yourself. Yeah, and then you even said that about acting. He's like, I remember specifically, you say, oh, acting's not hard. It's just you yourself and you play that emotion. And I was like, oh, that sounds easy. You like if the easy can- in comparison to stand up in some ways, but it's not like a disrespect, like the kind of shit that like Daniel Lake, Daniel oh, Day Lewis and Leonardo DiCaprio. Well, yeah, when they when they get into a fucking role and you're like, God damn, that guy just owned that shit. Like they get into what I'm talking about is like sitcom acting. Sitcom acting, yeah. Sitcom acting. And they were hiring you to be so you easy. at that oh, time. Oh, 100%. Yeah, so. It was a, a slightly dumbed down version of me who was into slightly more conspiracy theories than me when I was on news radio. That's all I was. Yeah. It was basically me. Like they wrote a lot of that conspiracy shit in after I talked to them about like JFK and fucking, you know, UFOs and stuff. You believe in UFOs? <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, my God. <clears throat> really? Yeah, yeah. See, I, I believe in there's other other life forms out there yeah, but that's what I, I, don't, I, I don't think they're coming here they and, might the, here's and, the thing they might well why not think it but, just because here's here's one thing i do believe most people are full of shit yeah. when it comes to like most of their stories like it's it's hard to find a person that could just tell you what happened based on what they really remember people want to jazz things up and they want to add salt and pepper yeah and they had just sex with me uh, did this did they that they don't they don't necessarily tell you the truth. They tell you what they think is going to be an engaging story that kind of represents the truth, maybe. Especially when it's a weird thing, like you saw something in the sky. What did you really see? How long did you look at it for? How many seconds was it? 
Well, I mean, here's the problem I have with UFOs. And I believe there are UFOs, but I don't think they're coming here. Why, that means why would you say that? Because that means they're tech. First of all, if they're coming here, that means their technology is far, way more advanced than ours. Right. So why would they care if people saw them? They would show up if I was an alien and I was that far ahead of us. I would lay in that bitch right in the middle of Times Square and be like, what? We are well, why, here. But why would you do that? But why wouldn't I? Why am I hiding in fields where nobody can see us? Are you aware of how we treat uncontacted tribes? Yes, to a point. But but what I'm saying is, if you're that far (laughs) advanced, they know. If they're coming here, they know. They're right. they're way smarter than us right. because they've traveled here, right. and we don't even know other from far distances. We can't even imagine, and they're here. They don't have to hide. It's but just do you like, think they do it because they have to hide, or do you think maybe they do it because we can't handle it? Because we can't handle it. Why would they care if we could handle it or not? Because here's the problem: whenever any civilization has ever encountered a civilization far superior to them. The results have always been catastrophic every single time. Every time Europeans have invaded North America, every time the Spanish visited the Mexicans, every time that this has happened, it's been a disaster. And this is human beings. If there was something that came down here from another planet and was so unbelievably sophisticated that it could travel through vast distances in space and had insurmountable, impossible technology that we would look to it for all of our answers. It would become our new daddy. It would completely disrupt all of our governments. It would disrupt all of our religions. It would disrupt every single belief system we have. And people would fall apart. They wouldn't know what to do. Psychologically, it would be devastating. Look, I'm not a doctor. I'm not a a a psychologist. But I know most people would not be able to handle it. I understand that, but why would they care? Because that's my whole point. Because why would would they care about? Because it would be affecting our culture. But they wouldn't care. But why wouldn't they care? But why would they care? We care about animals, bro. There's a reason why we have wildlife protection agencies. We have that because we care about animals, and animals don't even know we're a thing. Okay, if you're a deer living in the forest Mm -hmm. and you're two years old, you might not have ever even seen a person. You don't even know what the fuck we are. But we're trying to keep those deer alive we spend billions of dollars every year protecting them we do that because we care about wildlife if we cared about a rare monkey that we found in indonesia in the yeah. for some strange monkey we would do whatever we could to make sure that, that monkey's populations thrived if there was a way to help them i mean that's one of the reasons why zoos exist they take rare animals they try to breed them in captivity and but we're also sharing the same earth well then maybe they look at the universe that way and maybe okay. they look at okay. nuclear Th- civilizations like our civilization i mean our civilization's a very dangerous one because oh. we're we're a bunch of semi-hairless monkeys with nuclear weapons. I mean, we're fucking nuts, bro. Oh, yeah. And we're obsessed with sex. We jack off to our phones. We're, we're taking pills to keep our dick hard. We're all on speed. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> we all have ADD. I mean, this, these are, we're, and we lie. We lie about shit. We, we lie about things that people did to us. We pretend people think, did worse things. We pretend that we didn't do things to people. We lie about stealing. We lie about money. We lie about all kinds of things. I mean, people are so so you're thinking crazy. you're thinking aliens are thinking about all that before they come down of course they would 
Why See, wouldn't I, they? I, because why I, wouldn't they? I guess I'm coming from a human <laughs> point of view where we don't give a shit about anything. But here's the thing. That's not true. We do give a shit about things. That's mm. why when you go to the Galapagos Islands, you're not allowed to take your shoes. Yeah. But you walked around Los Angeles and walk around the Galapagos Island because people have done that and they've gotten seeds from their shoes stuck in the sand over there or the ground over there and then new plants grow that are invasive species. They, they, we're worried about ecosystems. The, we no, really okay. are. That's no, why I humans... That's where we're worried about invasive species and when, when new species get introduced to new ecosystems. It's like we were just talking about this yesterday, uh, Everglades. <clears throat> like people are doing whatever the fuck they can to get the pythons and the Everglades. Mm-hmm. They, these assholes have released pythons and there's a, a real fucking redneck Jurassic Park going on in the middle of Florida. Yeah. You know, we, we care. Yeah, I lived in Miami, man, and at the time I lived in Miami. Talk about like you did radio out there, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Y one hundred in Miami. That was after Fear Factor. Our, after Fear that's, Factor, that's it landed me that big gig after I was, <laughs> after I was on Fear Factor. <laughs> well, radio was radio back then. Dude, oh it was yeah, real. It was it was like huge, man. Uh, but I remember they had these lakes, and if you go back like ten years ago and look up Florida, people were just jogging around lakes, getting snatched by alligators. Yeah, like just alligators did not give a damn. They'll they were just you snatching people yeah and i was like why are people jogging like (laughs) (laughs) like literally i like stop jogging well definitely don't jog near the water no and that's the thing i believe like eight people within six months got snatched just jogging is that real oh 100 percent Probably about eight to ten years ago, just jogging. I didn't know that that there was that many deaths ever from alligators. Oh yeah, they were getting snatched. One of my favorite ones was a guy who was running from the cops near Miami, and uh, he was in a stolen car, parked his car on a bridge, jumped off the bridge, and landed on an alligator. <laughs> Alligator jacked him in front of the cops, oh. and they were just sitting there going, "Well, well there you go, <laughs> guilty." Can you imagine the dude oh. jumps off the bridge, splash. That would be look the, at this. Look at, oh my god, dude! Oh, that guy didn't even notice until no. the last minute. No, that's what I'm saying. Like that happens in Florida at that time. That is so crazy. That is such a big thing that eats deer and shit. Look at it. Opens its mouth on him. But meanwhile, it tries to get away from people. Well, what's interesting, the dude didn't even speed up. Yeah. Like, I would have took off. Probably really tired. (laughs) He was running for a while. (laughs) Dude, fuck these things, man. Fuck these things. But but the craziest thing is, we were showing it yesterday, that pythons eat them. Alligators? Whole. But not that size, though. Dude, one python ate this fucking big-ass alligator, and it it blew its body apart. Apparently, another alligator came along while it had it in its body and tried to eat the python. And so then it was like this disaster of a, a python with an alligator inside of it with no head. Oh, yeah, man. The, but the whole thing was that this python had ate the alligator, and then once they eat it, they can't move because they got a fucking 900-pound alligator But you love them. that shit. I get a kick out of it. I know you do. You I do. do. I you got do. a problem with them. Um, I just, I, I think you it's You love important. animals eating other animals. Like, I think it's important to recognize that we're, we're, we're very insulated from what the fuck is going on by cities. Yes. And that in houses and cities, and even towns, even if you have a town, it's rare that a fucking wild predator makes its way into your town. Mm-hmm. But man, that's the whole rest of the world. That's the whole world, including the ocean. Everywhere is all just predators and prey, predators and prey, predators and prey. We've figured out a way to insulate, but, but in insulation, the problem is when we're isolated from it, we neglect it as an aspect of nature. We, we put it in some weird box. Like, oh my God, this is weird. No, that's not weird. That's normal. Yeah. That's normal life. Normal life is big things eating littler things. And you don't respect it. 
Got you it. really don't respect it when you don't see it. Like yeah. my, my parents want to go to Africa on a safari. I'm like, Ooh. man, you can have that. Yeah, I would go I, if I got one of them like Jurassic Park mobiles that they have with it's all the oh, circle. Yeah. <laughs> you roll around but the circle, you, see, you can't you get see, in it. You see these people are just in regular Jeeps oh, with open, a air Jeeps. open air Jeeps where a lion's just walking oh. by. I was like, how dumb are you? And most of the time, nothing happens. No, most most of it, but th- of it could be one or two times where if you're in it. You know, two like, years I, ago, a woman who worked on Game of Thrones, she was there on vacation and she got pulled out of her fucking car. That's right. She rolled down the window to take a picture and the cat came and snatched her out of the car. But don't you think people kind of like that deserve it? Like people that roll down windows and not safer. Like that's like people jumping in the pit at the zoo the other day well, to take a different. selfie. The roll down the windows thing, I think, is really just it's what we're talking about that you're not around it enough yeah. so you don't understand what it is but do you have to be around it to know hey these are wild animals and people think they can get away with shit if they've never had anything happen to them like if they've never been punched oh Look this is this. A, this is a cheetah cheetahs are actually not they're they're actually very curious and they're not dangerous to people so this dude has reason. no idea this thing is in his back seat no he's filming it oh he's filming it that's so why he's not moving is that the rule don't move in. i think so man I think the move is don't move. You don't, <laughs> you don't want to scare him. You definitely don't want to go, hey, motherfucker! <laughs> you, you don't want to do that and have a fucking rip your face yeah. off. They don't oh, have nah. claws. They don't have claws like a cat does. They're more like a dog. Yeah. You know, they're a weird animal. They're like a weird cat dog thing. You know, they're super, super fast. Like, I've never seen one run in real life, but apparently people who I know that have seen it say, you can't believe how fast it is. You, you know, one thing that blew me away, I was reading about it, that hippopotamuses kill more people a year than all the animals combined. All of them. All of them. Yeah, all of them. And it's just like people just like don't respect hippopotamuses and they're fast and they're strong and they'll rip you apart. They're, they're like a giant pig. Yeah. They're in the pig family. It's like a cousin to a pig or some shit. Yeah. And they're vegetarians. Yeah. Like they're just killing people. Estimated 500 people per year in Look Africa. <laughs> they kill 500, 500 people a year. <sighs> they're aggressive and they have very sharp teeth. And not only that, man. People 2,750 kilograms. <gasps> what? What is that? Dude, people. What's that in pounds? That's more than 5,000 pounds. Yeah, 2.2 times that. So, yeah. Oh, my God. That's, that's, well, people don't respect it because they think they're slow, too. So, when they see them, I think they run like 24 or 25 miles per hour, where like a a hundred, a person that runs a hundred yard dash in the Olympics, I think average around like 29 to 30 miles per hour. (laughs) So, you're barely getting away. This hippo's, oh, 19 miles. Okay. So, that's still fast. Yeah, you're barely getting away. Well, that's me. I probably can't run 19 miles an hour. I know I couldn't. I'll probably get eaten. Fuck. Can you imagine you're like 20 yards away from this thing? You're like, ah, it's not going to. And then it just runs up on you. Well, they say if you ever get chased by an alligator, too, the thing is to juke them. Go left and go right. (laughs) Yeah, that picture's terrifying, man. Oh, my God. That one scares the shit out of me. That scares the shit out of me. I mean, look at that guy. He's airborne. <laughs> he's he's launching himself in the air, trying Dude, to get away from that thing. Do not look at that. Yeah, they chase after boats in the water. They swim fast. Yeah, they try uh-uh. to fuck you up, man. They try to fuck you 500 up. Five hundred people a year, dude. Hippos. Husband sees hippo bite out wife's heart. What? Oh my god. Oh my god. Imagine your wife falls into the water and that you see the hippo rip open a rib cage. Oh. Uh, I would be a hippo punisher. I would go back oh. to Africa every year. And kill I'd, I'd, every I'd one kill of them. kill every one of them. I'd be responsible for hippo extinction. <laughs> They'd be like, you can't do that. I'd be like, but I'm gonna. 
Come man, stop me. Don't. I'm killing all the hippos. Why not? I'm killing all the snakes. For if, if everybody and anyone knew got killed the first day that something gets killed by a fucking python in Florida, when a human gets jacked, we should send in the Marines. Just, just go take- through the fucking <laughs> swamp and kill them all. Just like they're the enemy. You just get a giant line of human beings, go through and kill those fucking serpents. They're in the Bible, okay? Yeah. They're in the Bible. Snakes will eat your baby. They will. You go through, <laughs> you casual. kill them all. I mean, are there, you don't get there, cocky with monsters living in your fucking neighborhood. Is there any purpose of them, though? Yeah, they kill rats. But the problem is, in that area, it's not established for them. So there was this rich ecosystem of mammals and reptiles. So you're talking about Everglades right now? Yeah. Okay. It used to be there were some snakes, like yeah. cottonmouths mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And there was alligators. But then there was like marsh hares and raccoons and skunks. Gone! They're all gone. There's, they're gone. There's nothing left. There's just anacondas Look at that. and pythons and Nile crocodiles. Now, if this Look at guy, that. there's another me, one eating a fucking well, let me ask you an alligator. And be honest with me, if if that guy got eaten, like a guy that actually tracks yeah. these reptiles, do you feel sorry for him? Like if you putting yourself in harm's way. Yeah, because I want that guy to be out there. I want <laughs> that guy to kill, kill those goddamn <laughs> monsters. If you ever look into an eye of a snake and you go, oh, this thing doesn't give a fuck about anybody. It's oh, like it doesn't. I was watching this video of a crab, and it's a crab, a mother crab, just sitting there eating its babies. It had like thousands of babies all around it that had just hatched like a couple of weeks ago, and it's just sitting there eating its babies. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, fuck you. Yeah. Fuck no, you. You're you, going in the boiling water, and I'm going to crack you, you open. I have love you ever crab. heard them scream when they go Scrap in the boiling scream? water? scream? Oh, yeah. I don't think they're really screaming. I think it's probably air escaping their body. Look at this cunt. Eating her kids. <laughs> Look at her. She's eating her kids. This I, is crazy. I was, I was at a friend's house, and they caught crabs, and they would throw them in. And I think they scream, man. I think it's like, <laughs> no, I really they have vocal cords. No, this no, is, uh, what I, is this, what is the name of this video, Jamie, for people that are just listening? It says, uh, Monster Red Crab Eats Babies, The Dark Side of Nature. Yeah. She's an asshole. I'm telling you, Joe. You they, think they, they really scream. make noise? They make a noise. When you put them in a hot, boiling pot of water. What is the bottom of her? She's got a charcoal briquette stuck under her. Doesn't that look that's like what, one of them? That's what a baby's go. Easy there. light. Maybe that's where they all came from. <laughs> they came, they came <laughs> from She eats sack. them and they come right back out. That is so gross. She's such an asshole. She's just sitting there eating her kids. You're like that anybody would give a fuck about crabs. Ugh. You know? I mean, My- it's not like I want them to go extinct, but I, that's one animal that we, in our house, kill ourselves and no one has a problem with it. It's like a- if they brought home a rabbit and you, th- you had to throw it in the water like Fatal Attraction. <laughs> If like that was the only way to keep nobody would eat rabbits. No, 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 no. And we throw them in like alive, alive, alive. Like, move them. Like, <laughs> I'm telling you, they're in the water. Like, ah! Yeah, most of the time, most people don't even bother taking off the rubber and lobsters. Band. Yeah, and lobsters. We yeah. do not give a shit Fuck about lobsters. You get yeah. in there. <laughs> Fuck you. Get in there. Get in there. You fucking bug. You sea bug. <laughs> What's crazy is uh, the this whole animal kingdom thing. But one thing that scares me that you were doing when I walked in is playing these fucking shooter games, dude. That game is a real problem. Jamie and I have been going to war for the last what two months? Like this start like two months ago? Yeah, uh, yeah, maybe like that. that sounds. I'm weird. in full blown addiction <laughs> mode now. But what is the thrill? Like I, I. What's the thrill? <laughs> yes. Do you see us? We're all sweaty and adrenaline. Charged? Yeah, no. We're having I a great in, ass time. Uh, I walked in. It looks like I just finished working out. It was like crazy. Jamie and I were going to war. We go to war. We talk a lot of shit too. We go to war. Oh man, <laughs> I tried. I, I tried. <laughs> 
time. It's fun. It's fun. When he kills me, he talks shit to me. It's rough. You're like, God damn it. He got me. Fuckers. Is that a game where people can go online and play with you too? No, we don't play oh, okay. with other people. Okay. <laughs> no, we jump online. This is the game. This though. is it. This is the game. Yeah, dude, it is a fun ass fucking game. It's, it's called Quake Champions. Okay. And pe- people right now listening going, God damn it. He's talking about, about that Quake again. again. But me and Jamie have been, um, and, and Jeff, our other employee, have been playing this fucking See, constantly. okay. See, this isn't bad because they're like characters. Like, yeah. I was playing one where it's like human beings. Oh, like, and when yeah. you shoot somebody, like, I got scared. When, when you get scared to go into the next room because you're really that nervous like it freaks me out these shooter games are too realistic i grew up with frogger dude this is like you're always in like some sort of a castle yeah and the the people that you're shooting against they don't look anything like a person they look like some weird cartoon character but the graphics are sensational but more importantly like the gameplay is very precise and um you you have to have like real hand-eye coordination and skills like you learn things like tactics, you learn how to move around maps, you learn how to control resources. Controlling resources is giant. Like that thing that guy just picked up, yeah. that's like 175 health, and you want to get all the armor that you possibly can. Then you also want to be like clever about weapons choices because you're always engaging at different distances, different kinds of fights. You're like sometimes you're stuck in like a corridor, and sometimes you know you're you're in an area where they can't shoot you, but you can shoot them if you use the right weapon. Man, you need to bring back the old school Atari. That one red button that ran, jump. Oh, that, it, that, that one red button did everything on the joystick. No, you never killed a guy with a rail gun. <laughs> Once you kill a guy with a rail gun, you'll understand. Wait, I don't want to kill a guy but with it's not a, real a real gu- person. I mean, you, he's no. laughing while you do it. When I shoot Jamie, <laughs> if he jumps at me and I shoot him in midair with a rail gun, we, we both laugh. Like he shot me in the face the other day with a rocket. And I was like, it was oh, hilarious. dude, in the mug. I was like, in the mug, like right in my face, and I exploded. Like my whole screen just becomes a big red splatter. I'm like, fuck. It's fun. I, I can't handle it, man. It's too much for me. I'm a, The older I get, I'm just a puss, man. I need a man up. I used to be so aggressive. Well, you're a big dude. You're strong. That's why nobody messes with me. Oh, uh, so they leave you alone. Yeah, so you and become that's a pussy I, because of it. Yeah. You know what it's like? It's like... Um, like, like you, you like fight and all that stuff. Like, I can't even... Like, if somebody punched me in the face today... I don't know how it would react. Like, I don't know. I used to be a bouncer at clubs. I played college football. Like, I was a tough dude. Now, You're after falling me, apart. I, dude. Gonna get you to a gym. No, no, no. I'm in shape. But, but I mean, like a fight gym. No, no. Why? No. Learn how to fight a little bit. No. Not to fight people. Well, why do you? So you don't worry about it. I, I never worry about it. Okay. Well, then don't worry about it. Because I'm at home at 830. <laughs> <laughs> Sleeping by night. Why do you do stand-up? I know. I saw you at the improv the other night. I know. Nobody's going to jump on stage. I'm talking about you family. You know, man. You never know. People are crazy. Has that, anyone that j- dude jumped up on uh, the WWF and uh, attacked? Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. Who did he attack? Bret Hart. He attacked Bret yeah, Hart. during his like, speech. That's right. crazy. Yeah, Bret Hart has got to be like, how old is he now? 61 and he's That's a stroke survivor. So fucked yeah. up. And the guy tackled him. Yeah. Jesus Christ. But, but Joe, seriously, you think anybody's going to jump on stage when you're on? Some dude could easily. Dude, you would fucking kill him. No, there's, there's a lot of people that can kill me. Don't get confused. <laughs> no, <I'm laughs> I know a lot of them. <laughs> dude, I have them in here all the time. Yeah, I get that. But like, I, 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 I just don't see me doing stand-up talking about family and love. And a dude goes, I hate family and love. I'm gonna jump up no, there. It's not, it's not rational. No, yeah. you're right. I mean, a rational person wouldn't do that, but you're not worried about rational people anyway. Okay, so so say I started to go to a fight gym. Like, where would I start at? 
Like, what um, would I do? I would say you should try jujitsu because it's fun. It's really good exercise, and you learn some stuff. Like, okay, you learn how to do it. It's it's a technique based art. Whereas, like, say if um, if you like, there's there's guys that I will uh, do jujitsu sparring. We call rolling. Okay, there's guys that I will roll with that are weaker than me, smaller than me, and tap me every time I roll with them, and I'm a black belt. Okay. Like that's reality. Like if there's there's guys out there that are 150 pounds that I can roll with that I know will tap me virtually every time we roll because their technique is sharper. They train more often than I am. They're more focused. They're more in the groove. But I also heard you say, like on one of your podcasts, you got to watch out who you train with because they might just try to hurt you. That's true. So I need, I need. You got to go to a good school with good ethics because yeah. a good school with good ethics, they get rid of those guys. They do you know? Us, do you know one in Studio City? I'll do it. Sure, I'll get you. A yeah, spot. no, I'll, find I, a spot. I'll do it. I want to learn. Well, there's a good spot just a little further than that in Tarzana. Okay, uh, Machado's where I got my black belt. Uh-huh. That's uh, John Jacques Machado. I train there sometimes, and um, he used to have a place in Malibu, but it closed down because of the fires. Um, but they um, they have an outstanding gym. It's like one of the best in the country, and it's in that area. Like as far as teaching, yeah, top notch. Like, but there's a lot of really good jujitsu schools now. It's not like um, like when I started in '96, it was hard to find a good gym. There was only like five of them in all of California, right? Or because uh-huh. it was just starting out. It's like '93 is when jujitsu sort of emerged in the public consciousness because of the UFC, and then they, the gym started like popping up, popping up. But I was really lucky. There was like Hicks and Gracies, which is where I took my first class, and then uh, Carlson Gracies. I thought they were like the same, and the other one was closer, so I just switched to Carlson's. Mm-hmm. I didn't know shit. You know, I was a white belt. But and then there was Machado's and then like a couple other places. How but long does it take you to get to a black belt? Like for you, some I'm, guy. It took me a long time. I was a brown belt for eight years, but it was just because I wasn't training as much as I should have. Like they, you don't, they don't give them away. Like you have to be a real black belt. But which who, means who decides? What is somebody just watches instructors, you? Instructors, yeah. And you do people know? Okay, people, everyone knows. It's like. Like, you know when a guy is fucking killing, like, like he, let's take like Theo Vaughn, for example. Yeah. Like Theo, love I love him. He hit a groove some time ago, whether it's two years ago or whatever it was. And I remember being in the back of the store and I was like, dude, this motherfucker's on fire. Yeah. He started hitting that groove that where, where you go and sit down, you want to watch his set, yeah. you know? And I think when that happens in jujitsu, it's the same kind of thing. Guys start talking about like, dude, Mike has been tapping everybody. Uh-huh. Dude, he's just his his jujitsu is so sharp. And you're like, man, I'm gonna watch him roll. And then you watch him roll. You're like, dude, that pass, that guard pass. And guys start asking like, wait, how often are you training? Oh, I'm going five days a week now. Really? Yeah. And I'm taking two privates. Fuck. Uh-huh. Like, and then you know, like this guy is on the quest. And you'll see a guy go from. White belt to black belt in three years, but they have to be ex- super exceptional, like really unusual athletes, unusual mindset, unusual discipline. It can happen. Most of the time, like a, a garden variety estimate is like 10 years is realistic from okay. white belt to black belt for a regular person. If you really train hard and you really dedicate yourself, but freaks can get there quicker. Like BJ Penn, he won the Mundials, which is the world championships after three years of training. Three years of training, he was a black belt, won the world championship. I won't be doing that. BJ's a special guy, though. And he's just, also got legs that are like arms. He he has leg dexterity like no one on the planet. Yeah, it's I got pr- chicken ridiculous. legs. I, I That's have, actually good. Is it really? 
Yeah, you could cinch up triangles on people with chicken legs. <laughs> yeah, for real. And I'll be cinching up people everywhere. If you then. just think about it in terms of leverage, guys with longer limbs, like uh, Roger Gracie is a perfect example. He's a really tall, long guy. He's one of the best jujitsu players ever. They can do things with those limbs that a shorter person can't do in terms of like leverage from joints and stuff like that. There's like, there's advantages to every frame. Like there's a guy like Husamar Palhara is a famous like tank of a guy. He's yeah. like five, seven, 200 plus pounds and just rips guys legs apart. And he uses this like short style to dive in on people's legs and get them in heel hooks and uh-huh. knee bars and rip their legs apart. He's terrifying. Yeah. And that that style heavily favors being built like a, a, a little tank. Whereas like that long, like you are, you're a tall, long guy. You would have like good darts chokes, good rear nakeds, good, uh, good arm bars, good triangles. You would have length and leverage with that length, especially with triangles. Cause long legged guys, they can like, sometimes a guy like me with short legs, like I'll, I'll get my legs crossed yeah. and I have to adjust a lot to be able to cinch up by triangle. Whereas, you might be able to just close it up right there so you'll have like more opportunities for triangles because of the length of your limbs have you would you have ever been at a point in your in your career when you were doing jiu-jitsu where you how would you have been in the ufc like at your prime like i have no idea i have no idea i would have had to have gotten way better like when I was fighting, I was just kickboxing. Yeah, I was kickboxing, and first of all, first it was taekwondo, and then it went to kickboxing. And by the time the UFC came around, like on the ground, I was useless. Okay, I was a straight white belt. I would get ripped apart every day. I would go to the gym, and if I if I tapped anybody, like if it was like a a, a week went by and I tapped one guy, I'd be like, "Woo, I fucking tapped a guy." <laughs> yeah, you know, I wasn't tapping anybody. <laughs> there wasn't that many people doing it, you know. So I was going with like there was a couple of white belts maybe, and then there was like blue belts and purple belts and brown belts and those guys would always tap me gotcha. and so that's just how it went for a long time when you're you know unless you're some kind of freak like some big ass football player or some like super athlete you're probably not going to be able to hold these guys off they're, they're gonna they're gonna choke you now was it true you're gonna uh fight wesley snipes that was way later though way later that was a brown belt by then and i'd been doing a lot of training. would you have beaten him i don't know because we, we never did never it. Did He's it, a right? real martial artist. He's okay. a real martial artist. But he doesn't know jujitsu. The thing is... But that is, must have been exciting, though, for you It was super exciting. Yeah. Because I was thinking, like, I knew that he was a real legitimate martial artist. Like, he throws kicks and punches, and it looks really good. Mm-hmm. Like, he really does know his shit. But I also know he never fought. And there's a big difference between throwing kicks and, and I haven't fought in a long time, but I probably fought a hundred times. Yeah. So I, I, I've been, I've felt that nerves. I know what that's like. I, it'll be crazy as fuck to do it again. That's what I was thinking. I mean, it'll probably scare the shit out of me, but I think I know what to do. Like, yeah. I think I know how to like get in there and start fainting start giving some movement and see how he reacts. And then the worst case scenario is like, I'm like in a scramble, I'm going to strangle this guy. <laughs> like if this, if this comes to a scramble, because yeah. the, the average person really doesn't know how helpless they are until a jujitsu black belt grabs a hold of you. And then you just go, oh shit. Like, I'm helpless. Because in a fight, it, you really think like you might be able to punch a guy. Like, maybe if he's fronting me and he's swinging at me and I'm swinging at him, maybe I hit him first. You really think that. But there's no swinging 
if, if it's a jujitsu fight, if, if, if you guys get into some sort of a tussle and that guy grabs you and trips you and boom, and he's on the ground with his hand on your jacket and a knee on your chest, you're a dead man. You're a dead man because there's no lucky shots. Yeah. A jiu-jitsu black belt is just going to close the distance like that evil fucking crab, and he's just going <laughs> to squeeze your fucking neck. And there's no way you're going to avoid it, and there's no way you're going to survive it. You're just not going to. That's why you don't fight people. Like, like well, you definitely can't don't fight, fight people, like, but I'm just... You can't fight random people on the streets. Like, when you're young, that was a thing. You could go to bars. Yeah. If you, like, I, I, I had some friends that liked to throw down when i was younger and i i wouldn't do it. i was watching but good for you now it's kind of like you got to watch everybody because you don't know what kind of training they're doing like you everybody's so do. educated on and it's so big right now well some guy fought off a, a guy in the subway that was attacking with a knife with some moves that he learned watching the ufc he never even trained before he just knew what to do yeah he like knew what to do because he'd seen guys like get the mount and, and drop ground and pound he like knew what to do based on watching it yeah, it, I, I think it's good. Like when when you mention it, I think it's good just to learn, so you would feel better about yourself in case danger comes. Yeah, you man, know? you want to be the person that gets to make the decision. Here's the thing, right? If you don't know how to fight, and there's some drunk asshole who doesn't know how to fight either, but he might come over and punch you in the face and mm -hmm. sucker punch you, and he could hurt you or knock you out in front of your woman. You want to be the one who gets to decide. Yeah. If I'm in a situation and some guy and he's like reasonably close to my size and he's being an asshole and he's drunk and he gets aggressive with me, I can decide what to do with him. Mm -hmm. Like I can, it gets, I, I don't want to hurt anybody, but I'm not going to let you hurt me. Yeah. And you get to decide. Like you don't want like you've we've all seen these Seven Eleven fucking parking lot oh, fights yeah. on YouTube where some asshole and both of them don't know how to fight but one guy might fuck that guy up he might kick him in the face while he's down you don't want to be that guy yeah like you don't want to be in that situation and definitely walk away whenever you can like always we are so opposite because I've only been in one fight in my life it was in ninth grade playing basketball and it was against a dude named Matama. Like, I'll never, his name is Matama Drake. And I threw one punch and I hit him right in the face. And he looks at me and goes, What's up? And I was like, oh, No, no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. I was like, Oh, we're good. Oh, my God. We're good. Did no. he let you get away with it? Oh, yeah. We started playing basketball. Thank God. Like, wow, that's like, it? That was it. Damn. Like, literally, I hit him as hard as I could. That guy could take a shot. Oh, and he was just like, what's up? I was like, nothing. Nothing is up. So that's the only thing. he didn't hit of... you back? No. Wow. No, because I uh, then I started, you know, oh, okay, it's your ball. You that's know? a confident <laughs> man, though. Yeah. To not try to get you back. That's I mean, and then I, I was, there was a club in Houston named Power Tools that I used to... Is that a gay bar? No. Should it was... Be. No, no, no. It wasn't Should a, be, right? No, it sounds like one. Sounds that like was a hardcore gay bar. In Houston, <laughs> the gay bar was called Riches at the time. <laughs> but I, I worked at Power Tools and I was a bouncer. So that's when I was Whoa. like 250 pounds, you know. Uh, you were a lot bigger when I met you. Oh, yeah, because I played college football for yeah. Arkansas. So I played outside linebacker. So I was... I so was, did you just stop lifting weights or do you still <laughs> like a little bit? No, I'm all cardio now because, yeah. you know, like trainers, any trainer I work with since I got a big frame they're like well put some side no i want right. to stay lean right you know but it's good for old age too man you don't want yeah. back problems like i'm 44 years old now yeah isn't like, that crazy dude dude time flies dude. i'm 51 see we're 55 zero dude it is so scary when you read stories about people just dropping dead dude, like luke around perry. your age luke perry that's what i'm saying man. basically my age well they said what what is the danger zone is like 45 to 55 <sighs> with heart 
failure. It's like crazy. Oh, man. Dude, I beat my body up. I'm running that bitch until the fucking wheels fall off. <laughs> I'm always getting stem cell shots and I'm out fucking running hills and lifting weights. I still lift heavy weights. I'm retarded. I'm yeah, stupid. why do you shouldn't still- say that word? I said it again. <sighs> trying to get that rid of that word out of my vocabulary. It just comes out sometimes. Why why are you still lifting weights? Like heavy um, like that. Like what does it do for you? Well, it does a bunch of things. First of all, if you want to train jujitsu, it's okay. very good to be strong. Yeah. It makes a big difference. First of all, for defense, especially for defense. You know, like for offense, for sure, too. But really, you want to be able to defend. You know, like defending, is, you have to be strong. But also, you just like being bigger. It helps. Yeah, yeah. I like it. Yeah, I like being able to pick up things. I like the physical ability of being strong. I like being in shape, too. Yeah. I like being able to run for long distances. I like knowing that I can go rounds on the bag. Like, I'll do five hard rounds on the bag. So and you I can, can run. My knees are messed up. I can't, like, get on a treadmill and run. I can do, like, I've done the stem and the knee, and mm-hmm. it's helped out a lot. But I'm still that dude that's on, I, I'm, like, on I'm the elliptical. I'm super fortunate. I'm super yeah. fortunate about my knee injuries. I've had knee injuries, but um, my meniscus, I only had one meniscus scope on my left knee, and it wasn't terrible. Like, I, I was back to full 100% function after that. And my right knee, I didn't. I have a little baby tear that I got some stem cells shot into, but uh, I had both of them reconstructed. They're uh-huh. ACLs were replaced. But um, no problems. They work They work great. Yeah, see, I, I just need to – I listen to you, and I, it's like you're always taking something. And I'm like, oh, i got to find out what that is. Mm. And now I just want to get in better shape. I'm in shape, but I. It's when you get older, it's just like tough. It Shit is just, tough. It just the starts, key is writing it down like you have to do it. Like, do you, do you keep a daily schedule no. of shit you have to do? No. <laughs> I just wake up and go. I, I do have, I wake up, I work out, like a cardio workout, right. and then I do infrared sauna, which has changed my life. Changed I do your life, right? Every morning, I infrared sauna for amazing. an amazing. It's the best. You sweat all that shit out. You're like, you feel great. Your yeah. skin glistens. Yeah. Like, I, I think it's actually, like, changed the game for me. I have more energy now. Yeah everything's better it's so good for your body they did a study that showed a 40% decrease in mortality amongst all causes heart attack stroke cancer 40% decrease with people that were doing the sauna four times a week well I will tell you this because the whole thing is everybody wants to feel young and when you were young the thing you did most was sweat and I feel like when I sweat it just it's a it feels I don't know I just feel good sweating because it reminds me when I played sports mm. it reminds me even though i'm not doing on the you know i sweat a little on the treadmill but when i do that infrared sign it makes me feel great and well, young. I, I think it's there's a bunch of shit going on but there's that yeah. for sure like it's good to feel good like you're sweating yeah. but there's heat shock proteins your body uh-huh. actually produces anti-inflammatory properties it's really good for you it's really good for joint aches and all kinds of like this i used to think of the sauna as being nonsense like what are you, what are you fucking laying in the sauna for like what are you doing there just getting hot That's yeah let's go work out pussy. but what kind of what kind of sauna do you do though i do a regular sauna okay just, see uh, super I, hot regular Sauna. I'm telling you, you need to try the infrared. Yeah, it's, you can. Yeah, I mean, but look, it's all just about getting your body hot. Yeah. Like, it's good to try the infrared, I'm sure. I'm sure it works great. But this study, the 40% decrease in mortality, that was with a regular sauna. sauna. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, that's why I got a regular sauna, because uh, Dr. Rhonda Patrick told me that okay. um, the studies that have been done have all been done with a regular sauna. And she said there might be some benefit of, for infrared sauna, but I don't know what's published. What is? See if there's a benefit... See if this thing can say what's the benefit to infrared sauna. I'm probably cooking my organs. I don't even know it. No, I don't think so, man. I I think it's great for you. I just feel amazing after it. That's supposedly what happens, right? It gets deeper in your tissue or something Yeah, it's supposed to go deeper. Yeah, I remember us texting back and forth. I was like, you got it. Like, if you do the infrared sauna 
for like a week, it's a game changer. It's yeah, just regular sauna is too. So I don't know. I would like you to try a regular sauna too. How hot does the infrared get? Uh, like a hundred and forty. See, that's it's not heating the air though too it's a difference yeah it's not uh, it doesn't heat the air yeah, it's a like you walk in and it experience. feels it doesn't feel like it's that but that's just weird that's your microwave s- shit <laughs> i'm not into that man that's like hot pockets you ain't turning me into a hot pocket gym that's, what I'm, again. that's what I'm saying I, i'm probably burning up all my organs right now but i don't know i man. love it i like I love going it. in and feeling that super heat you go in there and you're like oh it feels so oh, good i love it so yeah. good for you. Do you fuck with cold? Do you ever do like cryo or anything like that? I tried that once. Yeah. And it was right after the infrared sauna. You're like, try the cold. It's just, I don't know, man. It, it wasn't my thing. What do you mean? It wasn't my thing. I didn't. Like how so? Like it was fucking freezing. That's yeah, why it's cold. <laughs> no. But how is it not your thing? But it's just, I don't want to. I, I don't want to do it. I don't. No. No. Yeah. I, I love heat. But the cold thing is like, nah. Mm-hmm. I'm good. I'm good on that. I understand. You know, it's you love it. I love it. <sighs> I do it too. I, I I love both of them. Do you go back to back? That's what they say I you should do. I have not gone back to back, but I've gone and done both of them in a day. Yeah. I like I like hot yoga too. I like hot yoga and then doing the cryo, which <sighs> they say you shouldn't do because it'll give you a heart attack. Oh, doing like, it hot I'm to like, cold? Says, says who, pussy? Yeah. Who's doing Be that? Be a man. Who's getting a goddamn heart attack? Step up. Who's getting a heart attack from <laughs> not going us. from hot to cold? Not is us. Is that really happening? Maybe I used to do hot yoga. I need yeah. to get back into it. I just got to get flexible, man. It's just, that's the tough thing about getting old. And you know. Flexibility? I mean, flexibility. Because yeah. what they say, most, most older people die on the toilet Whoa. because they can't get up. Mm. You know, they, they have some problem and they can't get up from wherever they are. Is that real? Oh, yeah. Oh yeah, that's a crazy way to go. Yeah, just on the toilet. You Can always you imagine think like Elvis, like as you're dying, you'd be like, "Damn, me and Elvis." <laughs> I, I just don't want to die stupid. Right. You know, some stupid. Like you'll be reading uh, in New York City, some guys just walking and something falls on them. You know, from oh, or a person. How about that? Some yeah, suicidal person lands on your fucking head. I, I was at Adidas uh, in uh, the flagship in New York, Adidas, and like five minutes before I got there. You know, a person just jumped off and killed themselves right outside the store, like all out of res- residence. Jesus, yeah, it's that just, is that's one of the craziest ways to go. Like the the feeling of regret you must have when you feel the air under your feet and you're falling. And you can't do nothing. And that's a wrap, dude. You made the decision. You pulled the trigger. Here it comes the great beyond. Bang! What goes through your mind? When you're going down like that, like, and it's your choice, you know what I mean? Probably filled with unbelievable terror, unbelievable terror, even though it's your choice. There have been people that have survived jumps into the ocean. They've jumped off like the Golden Gate Bridge. Oh yeah, all all the time. I mean, it's like one of the number one suicide spots in the U.S. Yeah, but some of them make it. They survive. That would suck. Yeah. Or like if you really wanted to die and you didn't die? Maybe not. Maybe you got a new lease on life. Like yeah. maybe you hit the water and you're like, what? I'm alive? What the fuck? I, I never could get myself to that place. Like I, I, I like my life too much right now. <laughs> yeah, well, you're happy and that's an awesome thing. But, you know, when we're talking about spectrums, there, yeah. there's a, clearly a spectrum of that. Yeah. You know, and some people I think have it horrifically. They just have whatever, forever, whatever reason, chemical imbalance, life experiences that are awful, PTSD, whatever the, the formula is, they have it to the point where it's almost unbearable every day. 100%. 100%. Yeah. Like my dad, you know, he was, he, 
he he uh, served our country in the army, and it didn't seem to affect him at all. But uh, you know, he has friends that it's affected. I have friends that have served; they're affected by it. Mm. And yeah, what was that movie? It was about Benghazi. Um, I forgot. John Krasinski did it, but I had to interview the real guys that pulled off, got the people out of Mm -hmm. Benghazi and the normal world is so boring to them. Mm -hmm. Like literally they got excited when they talked about, you know how it feels to have bullets whizzing by your head, you know, and you shooting at people like literally the real world is so, and that's why they keep going back because that's the only way they can get that adrenaline rush, which is, you know, to me, I'm like, that's crazy. But to them, that's where they get their high and that's that's life to them that's how they're living and i interviewed the three or four soldiers that went out there and saved these people and you saw that look in their eye you know what i mean it was like they would go back now if they could Mm. and they hated hearing how one of their own lost their lives out there you know where they were like i could have done something about that. And that's what they talked about is like why we always want to go back is every time we hear one of our um, one of our fallen soldiers, they, they fell. We could have saved them. Yeah. And two of them were snipers and the other two were on the ground. And they were like, man, it's just it's just real life is is very tame for us. You know, it's almost a, I, I'm putting what now I'm paraphrasing, but I would say they think it's a bore just living our normal lives Mm -hmm. and unless they're fighting for our country and saving people's lives like everything else is just boring yeah i mean you talk about literally life being turned up to 10 there's yes nothing nothing else that compares it on the planet other than being a police officer yeah can you in a shootout or or just just imagine like a police officer walking up to a car that's freaky enough. You don't know mm-hmm. what's inside. That's like you're playing roulette. Yep. You don't know what's inside that car. Yep. You know, like, look, there are some bad police out there, but as just put yourself in that spot where you're a cop getting out your car, walking to a car with tinted windows, yep. knocking on the window. You don't know what you're going to get. You don't know if it's a barrel of a shotgun. You don't know. You have no idea. You have no idea. And people have to realize that that tension they carry with them all day. They might have 20 of those interactions. Absolutely. All day. And and, and a them, couple could have been really bad for yeah. them. And if you have, you give them any bullshit or don't appreciate or respect that, they're immediately going to go, oh, okay. Yeah. You, you fucking asshole. And you're the enemy now. And it's horrible. It's horrible that we give a person the kind of power that police officers have when they abuse it. But it's also horrible that we create this relationship between fellow citizens a, a, a cop is just a citizen it's just yeah. one of us mm-hmm. where we are the enemy if we're not following the book especially when the book is stupid like it's pot laws or something dumb like that like, yeah or you're catching guys getting jerked off like jesus christ I, you know i've been pulled over a couple times and i i gotta say you know most of them like my dad you know they say uh, a black thing to do when you have a black father they tell you very early on when a cop pulls you over hands out, let them see it. You know, it's taught to us yes. when we're when we're born and raised, especially where I grew up. So, I, you know, I even been profiled. And I'm, you know, like and I'm half black. You know, you don't know what I really am a lot right. of people, but I've been profiled. So, I know when I see when I hear the stories and I've been in cars with my friends that are dark skinned black and they've been pulled over and it's a thing where you're upset because you feel like you're being profiled, but man, once that cop walks over, you need to show all due respect because they they control that game now it's a hundred percent their game once they pull up to your window you're in their cart you also should think that they are 
entirely necessary for a civilized society. 100%. And if you want to be able to call the police if some shit is going down, you should appreciate them when they're there. And, you know, this does not discount all the bad cops. Oh, yeah, absolutely. It does not discount all the things that we've all seen, the shootings that were unjustified, punchings that were unjustified. This is what we have to keep, though, perspective, because there's so many interactions. There's so many cops out there that are dealing with PTSD all day long because for a decade or two decades of their life, they have been dealing with crime and violence all day long, every, every day. day. And they dress like the enemy. They're not just a cop. They're a cop who has to wear a cop outfit. So everywhere you go, like when you're playing Quake and you're playing team matches. <laughs> oh, here he goes, Quake. <laughs> the dude has a special flag over his head. You yeah. know that's a target. I mean, if you see, if you see cops... Like, bad guys see cops as the enemy. You're being paid to be the enemy, even if you've never had an interaction. If you're a bad guy and that's a cop, that's the enemy. And that is a crazy but position even, to ask people to be But in. even for people that don't have interactions with cops yeah. a lot, they still consider it the enemy. Sure. Because like, if they do. pull you over for speeding, like I, it's gone through my mind. It's like, nobody's on the road right now. Mm -hmm. Why are you pulling me over? For speeding. Like, yeah. I'm not hurting anybody. It's just a waste of time. Well, you know? trying to write a ticket because they yeah. have to write a certain amount they of tickets. They have to write. And that's, and that's, that's when crazy. I think it goes over the top where it's like, come on now. I was talking to a cop about that. I said, okay, now let me ask you this. What if everybody agreed to never speed? Like, we made a, like a six-month agreement in this country <laughs> where we would never speed. And no one speeded and there was no more traffic violations in terms of speeding tickets. What the fuck would happen? And he was like, people would just get laid off left and right. They would just really, cut. yeah. You just they, they were like, I think they would just slash the so, police department. They put quotas on you because you're a glorified revenue collector. I mean, that's what. Well, those don't guys you are think doing. that's a problem though? Like when you're yeah, pulling sure. people over, and I think that it, it all look the right. problems with the police and people start from the core, and that's a major problem. Mm -hmm. If you have to pull over people, even if you're a cop and go, eh, they're not really doing anything bad. But I have to meet my quota of tickets. That starts from a very negative place. Terrible. Terrible place. Terrible place. Terrible place and terrible place for, for both parties. Terrible place for the cop to bury his head in the sand and realize yep. he's writing someone a ticket for no reason. You know, like you catch someone, the speed limit 65, they're sick, they're going 69, you pull them over, like, get the fuck out of really? here, man. Really? Yeah. How do, you can't even pay attention. Like, there's no way, unless I'm not looking at the road. Like, it, unless I have cruise control or I'm not looking at the road, I'll, I, I might get to 69. I might back up to 65 again, even if I'm trying to s go the speed limit. But, but I know people that have been pulled over four miles oh, over. A hundred percent. But as a driver of that car going four miles over, you're pissed. Yeah. Like automatically. You got jacked. Yeah. You just got jacked. He's and in not your serving mind, or protecting. And we all know he's writing a ticket just to write a ticket. Yeah. It's probably the 27th or 28th of the month. Yep. And they got to meet their quota. And he just pulled, like, that's where they driving to Vegas is the worst. They set up traps. Yep. And especially close to the end of the month, you know, if you're driving to Vegas, go to speed limit because they're waiting for you. Yeah. I got pulled over by a plane. Oh. Have you seen this? Going to Vegas? They have planes that now radar you. That's they don't ridiculous. even, and then they send out cop cars. So the plane radars you and then a cop car pulls you over later. Yes. Oh and, my God. Yeah. Yeah. And that was the last time we went to Vegas. I went with my wife and son and we got pulled, like a cop car came out of nowhere. And my wife, <laughs> here's the difference. You know, the, this shows that my wife is white from Wyoming. Right. And this is the big difference. That's real white. That That's white. That's white. like Pilgrim. That's like Casper the Friendly Ghost White. That's and, like cowboy white. That, right? Wyoming? Translucent. Cowboys. Uh, literally. 
right? Yeah. There's only cowboys up there. Wyoming cowboys, yeah. Did your your wife grow up on a ranch? No, she, no, no, no. I think they're they cities? Yeah, they she There's grew no up city. in Gillette. There's, Gillette, what is, Wyoming. What the fuck is that? Gillette, is that Wyoming. How yeah. many people there? 80? I think 3,000. Come on. No, seriously. 3,000? They're like the Brady Bunch. I'm married into the Brady Bunch. <laughs> like, seriously. They're real life. It's like, good morning, Michael. How are you? Like, wow. they are those people. That's kind of cool. No, it's great. So, a cop pulls us over for this Vegas trip. And this is the difference in cultures we have. And this is why I try to tell my wife. When the cop came over, his name, let's say, uh, Officer Andrew. He comes over. I'm very polite. I said, yes, sir. You got it. No problem. I was speeding. No problem. My wife and the cop goes, we pulled you over by a plane. So he gives me a ticket. I'm like, hey, officer, have a great day. He's like, you too, sir. My wife is in the backseat with my son. Rolls down the window when he's walking away and goes, excuse me, uh, how do you know it was this black SUV? I see lots of black SUVs passing us. And it's from a plane. Are you serious? And I'm like, I'm about to die. The cop turns back around, like comes to my side of the window and says, excuse me, ma'am. And but just the privilege to be able to talk to a cop like that because she has no idea. She has no idea. That's the real white privilege. That's the real white. And I'm like, babe. <laughs> and I'm like telling the cop. Tell me about it. I'm telling the cop. I'm saying, hey, baby, it's okay. I was speeding. Did you yeah. talk about this on stage? No. You fucking should. I know. Dude, that's hilarious. And I'm like, oh my You God. should for sure I talk will. about this I will. on stage. It's it's just, it scared me. Because I was scared because she's, the cop comes back Michael, around. write that down right now. Okay. Kick that pad, write okay. that down. Write okay. it down. You, you must talk about this on stage. White wife, yeah. cop. Wyoming, <laughs> all that White shit. White wife, cop, plane, privilege. <laughs> plane, radar, black SUV, yes, Wyoming, cowboy, yep. white people, okay. horses, we got a whole beat. We Mustang, got a, okay. ranch. Dude, so. Shoehorn, so, horseshoe. Dude. He comes back over and he's trying to explain to my wife like about a plane and she's giving this cop attitude. Oh no. Yeah. Oh no. And when we drive off, I go, baby, you cannot do that. Like you almost killed me. And she was like, stop being ridiculous. I'm like, no. No, you really No, you did. really could have got me know. killed. You never know. You never know. Wrong guy, wrong place, wrong time, wrong history, wrong background, wrong state of mind that if, he's in. What if he didn't like a black dude married yeah. to a white woman? For sure, yeah. Like, and she didn't get that, but now she gets that because we have a son. You know what I mean? So I mm. think once you have a multi-ethnic son, now she's like, oh, I'm all about Moana. I'm mm. all about. She doesn't like. She's all about the ethnic cartoons and not the white ones. <laughs> <laughs> but she's trying. She's trying. She's got a she, good mindset. Yeah, she's yeah. trying, and her family's trying. You know, it so. sucks that anybody has to ever worry about getting accidentally shot by a cop. And the problem, I think, is not going to go away until the problem of crime goes away. And that's not going to happen either. So, like, what do we do to make life safer for everybody? That's a real good fucking question. Well, I, I think I, awareness, for sure. Like, people being aware of all these videos. That's one thing that I think that Black, Black Lives Matter did that people don't want to accept, but it's really important, is it became a national thought. Yes. It's not just another story in the news. It's a national thought. Like, this is a, a movement to try to eradicate this. And all the times where you've seen guys plant guns on, on people oh. after they've shot them, like all you the see, crazy videos. Yeah, you see videos yeah. of black people with no guns getting shot. And then here's the problem. They go to court and then 
the cops are innocent. Did you see the one where the guy throws the gun down on the ground? Or was, it, was it a taser? What did he throw down on the ground? There was like, he shot him, and then as he's coming yes. up to the body, he dropped something yes. on the ground. When I was growing up, at least, I don't know when it changed, but cops were supposed to shoot, not to kill you, but to handicap you. Like, shoot you in the leg, shoot you in the arm. These shoot guys you. are not that good a shot. There's a lot of cops that are just not good at, at shooting guns. I mean, there's a lot that are military trained, that are very professional and very serious who are. But it's like, look, I watched a video the other day of a guy getting in an altercation. It's an off-duty cop, got into an altercation with this guy, and he tried to pull his gun out. The guy grabbed him, grabbed his wrist. The guy did not know how to fight at all and probably only knew how to like shoot people. Yeah. He gets taken down. The guy obviously knew jujitsu. Took, took him down, mounted him, took the gun from him, threw the gun away, and beat the fuck out of him. From the mount, pounded uh -huh. him. The guy turns his back. He gets his back. He's beating the shit out of him. It's horrific because this cop thought he was safe and pulled his gun. But this is like one example of like just because someone's a cop doesn't mean they're a well-trained, prepared cop. There are those out there for oh, sure. Absolutely. absolutely. But there are also some slobs. Like I've seen some guys that are that are a cop. I'm like, bro, you can't run a block. How the <laughs> fuck are you a cop? Yeah. Yeah. You know, like this is a ridiculous position for you to put yourself in and anybody else you're trying to protect. You're handicapped by gluttony. You yeah. know? But but at the same time we do need them. We, need do, we need the cops. Uh, and they, we need them to be more respected and appreciated. They're not very respected and appreciated by a lot of people. I think that's a, and a see, what huge I, misservice. What I hate about this conversation, whatever side they're on with the cops, they're going to pull whatever they want because we've talked negative. Yeah. Well, not negative. We've said some things about And I hate how we're in such a polar place where, yeah. oh, you're either for them or against them. And that's like with everything. Stupid. And that's yeah. what I hate. You can't have a conversation anymore. Yeah. And that's where we're at right now. It's like... You can't say anything wrong with cops because then you don't support the cops. Right. If you support the cops, then you'll get attacked by the other side going, oh, well, they kill innocent people. I know. Sure, I know and someone both. can take a clip of anything that you've said today without further elaboration because most of what you said, you further elaborated. Absolutely. They could take that one snippet and just put a little clip up somewhere. Michael Yo said this, or worse yet, quote it. Mm -hmm. This is what he said about cops. People are like, fuck him. Yeah. I thought he was pro-cop. Like that's well, that's the world we live in today. Yeah, this is the world we live in, and that's why it's so horrible, man. Well, it is, and it's not. It it's is like that. That part is horrible, but it's the best time to be alive ever. The best time to be alive in terms of our ability to understand our effect on each other. The best time to be alive in terms of our ability to access information. The best time for for if something is going on, you alert people that this thing, like a crime, is taking oh, place. Oh, hundred percent. We could spread the news of it so quick. We just have to. We were just not used to so much. We're not used to so much that we have to deal with all day. And we're not designed for so much. And it happened in 35 years. Yeah. You know, like, like, just think about like our parents, right? When we were growing up, the TV was black and white and then it went color. And that was the Crazy. big thing for them. For us, there were no cell phones or internet. Yeah. And then in our, in like the last 35 years, I'll, I don't think you'll ever see a technology boom. Like in this last 35 years, so many advancements happen so quick and that's why we today can't react to them fast enough we don't know like like now parents are doing like parents that are our age are doing the same things the kids are doing where my dad never cared about playing atari or doing anything he had totally different interests yeah. where now the kids that are coming up since this boom is so fast we're still learning new technology and now our kids are learning it 
with us and there's no separation i i agree and i think it's definitely like untreaded territory but i disagree that that we'll never see a boom in technology like we've already seen i think we're we haven't even scratched the surface really yeah we haven't even scratched but the when surface. you have but i i guess i'm saying things that change the world like there was no internet joe Dude, now there's a there's thing that internet. elon musk is working on called Neuralink. And I don't know exactly how this works because uh -huh. he wouldn't exactly explain it. But the concept is about increasing the bandwidth between human brain activity and information somehow or another to get information quicker to you and have you access it in a quicker manner. I don't know what the fuck that means. It's something you wear on your head. Some dude just tried it. Jamie, there's an article that just- I just found it, I'm looking at it right Yeah, now. some dude just said, I might or might not have tried Elon Musk's Neuralink. Like he's kind of like bound but, by silence, but there, there is a real possibility that, think about, here's, here's how to look at it. Think about Wi-Fi, right? Mm-hmm. Wi-Fi is in this room. We use it. You can access, you can shut your phone off and turn your Wi-Fi on and you'll be able to access all the information on the internet. But where's that coming from? Where is that? It's in the air. It's yeah. in the sky. Mm -hmm. It's all around us. If you can wear something that picks up on that in the same way, picks up on Wi-Fi in the same way, picks up on cellular signals, whether it's 4G or 5G, which is coming out soon, which is supposed to be in unstoppably powerful. Yeah. If that can feed information directly to your brain through something that you wear, just the way they do these, you know, they have these um, electrodes they put on your yep. head and they send magnetic pulses to different parts of the brain, helps people with traumatic brain injuries, helps people with depression. They've been able to do this by taking these little things and they stick them to your head and they, they send this pulsating magnet in there. They can already affect the brain with external stimulation. They already know how to do that. If they can figure out how to do that in a much more sophisticated way, we are on the edge of becoming cyborgs, and it's not far away. We're talking about within the next decade, maybe two decades, there's going to be something that changes a person and makes you know, – like if you're a person with a mm -hmm. limited education and no phone – Think about how, but then, but, but then, think about how little access to the, the world's knowledge base you had. Now, if you're a person with limited access to information and education, but you have a phone and that phone is online, you have everything. So that changes everything. This person now can access all the knowledge. I mean, it's not perfect. If you Google things, some of the things are bullshit. Yeah. Some articles are dumb. They don't make sense. But you have possibility of finding all the information. Now, in the future, I think that is going, that's going to be escalated. And it's going to be escalated exponentially. There's going to be some new leaps in technology that happen that guys like you and I that don't work in the field, we're not we're going to see it coming. Mm -hmm. These people are working on these things right now. And they're competing with people in China and Russia and all over the world that are also working on these technologies. And they're going to get through. And they're going to make something, and that something is going to change reality as we know it. And it's probably right around the corner. The same way cell phones and the internet changed our reality as compared to our parents, this is going to change well, it. Well, but 10 the times. neuro thing is it? I, I, I get that your brain gets it right away. But, I don't know how it works. But but oh, let's say your brain gets it. You put this machine on like this, right. and then it sends it straight to your brain. Mm -hmm. What's the difference of that besides quicker than you being on a computer and looking up? You're still getting I the same information. I don't think so. I don't think that's the case. But you're getting the same information. I don't think that's how it works. What does this guy say? This is an April Fool's joke. Is it an April Fool's joke? Yeah. Oh. Is it, what, what is the uh, title of the article? 
Elon Musk might have let me try a neural link prototype, oh, okay. but oh. release in April but, 1st. But let's say, and I know you don't know about, but let's say you put on a device and all the information goes to your brain. Mm-hmm. You're still getting the same information. Maybe not. What, have you ever seen someone use an exoskeleton? You know what an exoskeleton no. is? what is that? Exoskeleton is like a suit that you put on that's like, say if you work in a factory, it'll allow you to pick up much heavier things. Okay. Like, remember the movie Aliens? Yes. Sigourney Weaver, she's fucking up that thing. She's inside that robot. Oh, yeah, okay. Get yeah. away from her, you yeah. bitch. You're like, <laughs> yeah. whoa, whoa, this, this is awesome. ferocious. <laughs> that's like a giant robotic exoskeleton. This is an exoskeleton that they use for people that are paralyzed. And, gotcha. and it helps them walk. Okay. Um... They also are developing exoskeletons. Oh, that's a chair, huh? Yeah, there's, oh, that's, seven, there's seven oh, that's of them here. Dope. This is, this is, that one has extra legs. Oh, that's pretty dope. Um, there's things that help people, like that gal right yeah. there is not a big person, but she can work in a factory, and you can carry things that are much heavier than what you would ordinarily be able to carry. Okay. Now, they think that as technology moves and improves, they're going to get to the point where they develop what's essentially like an Iron Man suit. That's like an exoskeleton. You know, uh, the Iron Man suit, like when he wears that, he's invincible, Invincible, he can fly, he can smash things and pick things up and throw things. That's going, that that is entirely possible that this is going to be our future, that there's going to be suits that we wear that make us impervious. Look at this guy's got one that lets him fly around and he's got rockets that come out of his hands. You think the government would ever approve that for us to get? They don't have a chance. It's not whether or not they improve, approve it. It doesn't have anything to do with them. It has to do with the technologists. It has to do with the scientists. It has to do with the geniuses that are creating these, th- these things. Because they're going to come in waves, and these fucking dummies that don't even understand what Facebook is. Yeah. These are the same guys that are going to stop these people from putting out Iron Man suits. They're not going to tell them until it's way too late. Too late. They're and, already and out. And when they tell them, they're going to make them for sale, and they're not going to give them the option as to whether or not they regulate them. They're just going to gonna make them for people, and then you're going to have to figure out the laws once people have them and then once grandma has one and all of a sudden grandma's playing tennis again you tell me grandma can't play tennis because some bad guys want to use an exoskeleton to rob a bank because that shit's coming all of it's coming bulletproof exoskeletons but i still everything you've said so far still to me is not bigger than not having internet well the internet opened the door but we don't know if that technology, like the thing that you can like talk into your phone and you could say, hey, Siri, when was uh, the Constitution formulated? Yeah. You know, hey, Siri, what was the first draft of the Declaration of Independence written on? You, could, you can ask those questions and Siri will answer those mm-hmm. questions. Google search will answer those questions for you. But what if you just know it? What if that thought interfaces with your brain in a way where it describes things maybe in symbols or direct feed of information through some unfathomable technology that literally just permeates language it just gets through all so that if i speak just to gives you, you information if i speak to you in a different language it will automatically translate it things like yes that. that's well they already could do that you know they have these google earbuds yeah these pixel buds i think they're called Really? If that worked, yeah. would they just get rid of school, or would school only be to tell you how to well, work well, that? Well, you then, would need scholars, because you would need to know whether or not this this stuff is accurate. You would need women and men who are educated in this, and that's this is one of the reasons why the scientific method is so important, one of the reasons why when people shit on like ridiculous things like... Um, like grievance studies and a lot of the things that are overcoming universities these days, where you're, you're taking away with your preposterous social justice ideology, you're taking away from the real pursuit of knowledge and information because you want it to match up with your ideology. This is a dangerous time to fuck with information. Oh, because, absolutely. 
because people are already pooling up in these little echo chambers. Well, they, you know, whether it's uh, message boards or Twitter g- groups that you're in, and and they they feed off of each other and agree on each other with each other all the time. You got to be really careful with information these days. And also, you know, what, they have to keep scholars to keep the real information because it's just like that uh, one show I forgot what it's called. Black something. Black box. Black. Black, Black mirror. mirror. Like Ooh. they can change reality. Yeah. Like literally. Like. If you don't have scholars to oversee this stuff, they can be like, oh, you know what? Slavery never happened or this never happened. Yeah. And it would go away because the people born today would well, never know. There's people that to this day will deny the uh, Armenian genocide. Yeah. There's people to this day that deny that. Well, I mean, this is a real thing. Yeah. There are certain human beings that deny that. And what's it going to be like 100 years from now? I mean, how many of those people will exist then? There's a lot of those circumstances in life where you have to be really careful about what information is, what's processed. Like we have to, you have to be 100% accurate if you're saying something that is a historical record, and you can't fuck with it at all. But they are now. But they, everybody has every, every, from history. But that's the reasons why all religions are different, right? Because everybody has their own little version of history. I mean, it's one of the reasons why many different religions have stories of Jesus, but they vary widely. But they vary, like, yeah, yeah. Who's telling the truth? Well, I, I mean, it's it's thing where where what's scary to me about this world today is that misinformation is out there all the time, and people believe it, and people just people don't read anymore. They just listen to the bullet point and scream that out, like literally. And I don't want to get political or anything, but but. I remember when everybody was saying Obama's going to raise taxes and they were interviewing people that didn't even make $30,000 saying, oh, he's going to raise my taxes. It's like, nah, he's not even talking about you, but you're yelling out a bullet point. If mm. you would have read the article, you would have read you were fine. That's the thing. People are in today. We want to yell out bullet points. If Fox News, if you watch that and they say this, you're just yelling at that, but you never read. Like if CNN is your thing, you're just yelling what they're saying, but you don't read. Like me, I watch both. I actually read both articles. I, I could talk politics all day. Like I think, I think, there are good things that Republicans do. I think there's good things that uh, Democrats do. I think Democrats right now are in a state where they're, they're, they fight amongst each other. They're going to crush each other before the election even comes. It's, it's like Obama said, it's a circling fire squad. They're shooting at each other. Mm-hmm. And, and here's the thing. The good thing about the Republicans, bad or good, however you take it, if one of them says, let's go, they go with Democrats, it's, ah, let's talk about it. I mean, it's a more intelligent way to do it, but they don't have each other's back, I feel, mm. as much. And that's why their messaging is always off. That's why Donald Trump, Donald Trump could have never been a Democrat. Like, if Donald Trump said, I want to run for president and been a Democrat, they, there's, there's, they wouldn't mesh. Well, the Republicans, it works because, oh, we just want to stay in charge and whatever he says, we're going to roll with. You know, George Bush, uh, weapons of bat, let's go. You know, it's just they're hundred percent behind it. Where I think, why do you think that is? Uh, I want to, you know, I when I was I grew I I voted for Bush after nine eleven, right? Because I'm from Texas, you know, and I think it's the ideology, uh, ideology, well, ideology. ideology that oh, we want to pay back, and it's I don't want to say good old boys, but it's like hey, rah rah, let's go. Yeah, that's the whole thing. It's it's. Oh, man, more, you remember when the flags were on everybody's car? Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. And it was like we were all behind it. Dude, that was the weirdest. I remember I was driving somewhere, and uh, I made a turn on the street near my house, and it was uh, one or two days after 9-11, and I never saw more flags on cars 
in my life it was like the world changed oh like everybody had a flag on their car and everybody cared about each other yes. or at least had that front and that's the thing that's sad about the world today is i tell i tell everybody and i'm not a politician but i will say this when you have two different teams that are rivals they'll never come to the same conclusion unless there's tragedy Mm, right when that was one of the things that reagan said once when he was talking about they were meeting with gorbachev and he said i often wonder how we would put our differences aside if we were faced with an alien threat from another world oh we totally would like the idea that this global conflict that we think about in terms of russia versus the united states but if there was some fucking aliens coming down here war world style it would be independence yeah. day everybody would join forces mm -hmm. everybody because now you have a common enemy and i also believe the way the our country's being ran right now, you know, Trump is good at making an enemy. That he survives off an enemy. This person's an enemy right now. Everybody attack him. Now this person's an enemy. Everybody attack him. I'm not saying it's right or wrong. I'm just saying that's the way it is. Yo, he just fucks with people. Apparently, there's some dude that's his head of secret security, a secret service that he calls Dumbo because the dude has big ears. <laughs> he replaced him today. He replaced yeah. him. Oh, he so. fired him. Yeah, I think so. Dude, he is, he's a fucking wild man, and he's probably on speed. <laughs> That's what I think. But it's crazy, man. Yeah. Like, I, I'm just watching this. And he's hilarious. It, I mean, if, if it wasn't the fact that you think that, like, the moral fiber of our country is deteriorating, is this the oh, guy? Oh, he does have big ears. He's got some big ass Massive ears. ears. Wow. Yeah. Well, well, but, but I, I know a lot of people with big ears that I like dearly. But don't you, but, <laughs> but don't you believe this, Joe? Like, let's be honest. If America, like the whole country, could look in the mirror when Donald Trump was elected, it's a reflection of America when he got when he got voted. It's a reflection of a percentage of us, for it's, sure. Yeah. No, no, no. But egotistical. It's uh, again it, a reflection of, a, of of some. Of yeah, some. but I don't want to generalize. Like in terms of like say that that's America. I would I would for a joke. Yeah. But I mean, if we're being serious, but I'm being, but I am being serious. But, well, then why were there's why I mean, was there the women's march where millions well, of women were in the well, street? Let me tell why you. Let there? me tell you why. Okay. Because I think Donald Trump. Here's here's when everybody was depressed. Donald Trump was president. I go. You got to look at the positives. If Hillary was elected, those women would have never got together to march. Donald Trump has brought more people together against him. More we were marching. Americans were marching for Muslims mm. after Donald Trump became president. The positivity that Donald Trump has created with the opposition mm -hmm. and the in the togetherness. You had a, a million women march because Donald Trump was president. You had people marching for the Muslims because Donald Trump was president. He's brought for the first time. I feel like that the side that opposes Donald Trump, they're more together than ever. And even though we say it's ripped the country apart, you know, because, you know, there's some problems in this country, but it has brought a bunch of people together. And I don't think if Hillary was president, you wouldn't have had the women march. You wouldn't have had the march for the Muslims. You wouldn't have people backing immigrants. She'd he just start executing men. That's <laughs> yeah. what she would do. She'd take them all in the middle of town square and start shooting them. First with Bill. Bill would be the first one. <laughs> She'd go. behead him on television. Well, that was the whole thing. Like you, <laughs> <laughs> Public execution. Yeah, just like Iran. Our, just like our allies in Iran. But, you know? <laughs> but, but, don't you, but don't you think... Does uh, Iran do public executions or is it Syria? Syria does, right? But don't you think, like, when Hillary didn't stand up to Bill, that's where she lost everybody? It started way before the election. Well, because women wanted her to stand up to him back then. And we don't know what she did or didn't, right? Well, we just publicly. know what she did publicly. And yeah. publicly, why would she do that? It's, that seems like it's crazy. 
to do like why why are you you're you're a dignified person you're gonna publicly well not trash him but you don't have to stand next to him even melania trump bounces on trump you know she's like she's like nah i think hillary without bill didn't exist i think that guy was a dick slinging buccaneer and he made his way into the motherfucking white house and she rode that wave yeah there was a giant v12 sucking gasoline like it was going out of style <laughs> blowing a big wake behind it and she was hanging on to that fucking wakeboard line jesus bill where are we going <laughs> she so- wasn't gutting out of arkansas she wasn't getting in the white house she wasn't the secretary of state settled down with so that you think, nonsense so it's kind of like hey you know what you got yourself into is that what you're saying well there's that and there's also she's a liar that oh, lady no, is a liar yeah Like, and maybe it's, she's a liar because she's a politician, but when just you compare what was public, like her knowledge of what went wrong with the email servers and all that jazz and many other instances too, just one we'll talk about. And what Comey said when Comey was examining the evidence and what, what they did wrong and what she said they did wrong. They're very different things. Very different things. Very different things. And this is politics, right? If your base hears you say something that isn't true, but you say it with confidence, even though the evidence doesn't support it, that argument takes place and it blurs the gray area in the middle between guilt and innocent. Do you do you think when when uh, somebody gets elected president, they have a meeting oh, with fuck them, yeah. and then they say these are the things you can go after, and these are the things you can't, because if you go after this. We can't protect you from it. I really believe those conversations happen in the White House. Like, like what and when I say, you think they they say they can't protect you from? I think like don't I go mean, after the Jews. No, 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 no. <laughs> I'm saying like there's certain organizations like leave the Rockefellers alone. <laughs> there's certain stay no, away from the Rothschilds. There's certain organizations. Don't you talk about the CFR. No, I'm not saying stay nothing. out of Bohemian Grove. <laughs> I just think there's a list of corporations, big corporations that run America that they say you can't go after because a lot of presidents go in there saying, I'm going to do this against this. I'm not going to even say the corporation Mm because I want to live. And I feel that Secret Service really calls these people in the presidents and go, hey, this is who you can't go after. Here's who you can't. And if you do go after those, you're kind of on your own because we won't be able to save you because they're too powerful. Well, I believe in that. There I just are do. giant corporations that have incredible influence on politicians because incredible they spend reach. Yeah, and spend so much money to keep them in power and get them into power and help contribute to the campaigns. And then they, they scratch each other's backs. If a president were to go in and say, I'm going to get rid of all lobbyists, that president would not make it through his term. Um, well, it's hard to say that. No, it's not. No, there's too much money, Joe. I mean, I don't. It's you too might much be money. Right, it's too much money. If I'm going to agree with you in this day and age, it's hard to say that because you'd have to get everybody on board with killing a president. I think they definitely did it with Kennedy. Oh, yeah. I mean, I think hundred percent. You know, I was talking to uh, you know. But Byron, do you have to get you know everybody? Bowers? No, but do you have to get everybody on board? Yes. I mean, it just you have takes to get everybody on board who knows about it because otherwise, people are going to tell. If you, if you go and kill the fucking president, you, you have to get but a lot of people I don't on board. See this as a, what, we're, we're probably going to get raided by the Secret Service right now. But No, uh, I'm saying if you want to kill a president, it's not like it used to be. I think it used to be less consequential. Not that it was always – I mean, like John Wilkes Booth days, right? Way yeah. easier to kill the president yeah, than you could just it roll is now. Up, yeah. Then Kennedy, way easier to kill a president in 1963 than it is to kill a president in 2019. Could you still do it? Yeah, but you're probably going to get caught. Like you would probably get caught. 
it let you would have to have i mean there would have to be all you would have to have a tiny small circle of fucking sociopaths and psychopaths and they all agree to keep it hush to me it's just one person calling another person saying do this pay them off and then you can get caught but one per look you have secret service you have uh, military protecting them yeah it's different yeah because you'd have to get someone to get past all that you know and Someone would have to make a mistake in mapping. Like that was one of the things they said about uh, Dealey Plaza when mm-hmm. they rolled Kennedy through. They're like, "What fucking security person would ever agree to let someone roll through with a Where, convertible with buildings all, these all buildings. around?" Yeah, yeah. And then also, you have to take that long, slow turn. Where you know it's not yeah. like you just drive by going fifty miles an hour and you got to get your gun on no. and shoot him quick. No, the guy was driving slow. <laughs> it's it's ridiculous. But, it's like you're asking for someone to get assassinated. But I just I just really feel like there are rules like that yeah. we'll never ever know about. But once sure. you get in there, they're like, hey, here's what you need to know. Here's what you need to know not to go against. I would think that if anybody's going to tell us that it's Trump. I think the best thing that could ever happen is that Trump gets out of his terms in the White House yes. and just starts talking. It, start, it starts just writing t- books. Tell us <laughs> everything. Yeah. You want to be the king of the world? Write a fucking uh, a huge book on exactly what it's like the day you become the president. That would be insane. How, how do you think he's going to be treated once he gets out, though? They'll love him. You think so? They love Bush. People hated Bush. They called Bush a war criminal. Now he's an adorable grandpa who paints. <laughs> No, it's true. It's true. It's true. Look, man, whatever people hated Obama when he was in office, they're going to love him within a few years. I mean, most people that were supporters of Obama, they love him now. I mean, he's like a a messianic figure. Uh Yeah. I I don't... I mean, I don't know. I think they're gonna. I think a certain percentage of the population loves Trump right now. Period, and you know they have reasons to back it up in terms of like the economy, what they think is happening 100%. with job creation, all these different things that he's doing that may or may not have devastating implications depending on who you talk to. That's an expert, and I'm not one. Yeah, me neither. But, but there's obviously, and then also people say, "Well, this is a trend that was actually going on during the Obama administration. He's just riding the wave." Maybe I'm too stupid. I don't understand that stuff. <laughs> But I'm saying there's, in terms of numbers, it's not like the country is completely imploding right now. I mean, maybe some people, by some people's metric, it's not doing as well as he would like to pretend it is. Probably. But my thing, it doesn't even matter, like, when they say the stocks are up and all that. It's, it's, what matters is your personal life. Are you in a better place? Because he's president. Like, I think we get caught up. But for some people, they're not, right? Some people, like, if you get rounded up by ICE, no, you're not. Yeah, you're not. I mean, that's... It's horrible. This is the worst time ever for perception of us in terms of, like, the way we handle immigrants. Well, you know, you know, the, the bad part about immigrants it's all bad but you know the problem is they've they've dealt with this problem what for the last 30 40 years Mm -hmm. i mean and if they make nicer facilities let's say they know they're coming Mm -hmm. so they don't have enough judges the the facilities are horrible so let's say they make nicer facilities then the government thinks the the whole thinking of the government is if we do that, then that's going to encourage more to come because now it's nice. Yeah, they're like, bro, you get over there, it's nice. <laughs> it's you get a shower. They, give you, <laughs> yes. they have delicious food. Yeah, they have a taco stand. <laughs> you have a fucking party over there, bro. Margaritas. You party with the the guards once you get to know them. They're good guys. It, and that's the thing is like, what do you do? What do you do? Like, I think I think takes, this is a problem that will take generations to fix. And the and only it is way a problem. Really, there is yeah, a problem. The only way it's really going to get fixed, really, 
is two ways. One, you got to make drugs legal. And two, you got to prop up all these countries. All these countries that are third world countries where these people are fleeing because they don't have any possibility. There's no hope for them. Wherever they are, if they're in incredibly poor countries, there's no future. They, they, don't, they don't have the resources. They don't have anything to do. So the only way you can keep people happy on a global scale is you've got to figure out like we've the, the highs of the highs, right? Yeah. Are like wealthy people in the industrialized Western world, right? And the lows of the lows are people that lived in that, that are living in these places that are disease ridden, poverty stricken, horrible with no future. You got, we've got to figure out a way to bring everybody to a comfortable middle all over the world so that there's no extreme poverty in any location anywhere. We want to eradicate diseases. Okay, for sure we do, right? We all do. Don't we want to eradicate the the problem, the dis-ease of poverty? is a, a dis-ease. It's a terrible feeling to be poor and scrounging for food in a crime-ridden environment. And the only way to fix that is put attention on those areas and use money to try to raise it up. They're not going to raise up on their own. They no. never have. No, they never and never will. Yeah. I just think globally, if, if, if people ever could get their shit together, and this is what I hope, this is my if I had like a pipe dream of technology, yes. that technology gets us to a place where we can read each other's minds. And I think this is possible. And I think once we can read each other's minds, we can understand that we're not that dissimilar. Mm-hmm. That we're, we're not nearly as far apart as we think we are. And that most of our problems that we have are problems of ego and problems of ideology and problems of ethics and morals and, and truth and lies. And that, Reading each other's minds will sort a lot of that out. And then we're going to figure out a way to, I I don't want to say like for redistribution of wealth. I don't think you should just give people things. What I think you should do is try to figure out a way to rebuild communities and give people opportunities to live better lives. Mm -hmm. And we have to do that globally. I think, but I I think the problem today is present it to, because I listen to both sides. When you travel as a comic, you'll people just come up to you and tell you their views on sure. just random things. So you hear from both sides. One side is like, I don't want to just give out stuff for free. Yeah. You know, I, why should I give them stuff? I worked hard for mine. And the other, you got other people that go, well, you, we need to help everyone out because we are the world type of situation, you know. They're like, both right. They're this both is right. why it's confusing. Yes. Yeah. They're 100% both right. But you don't want to give people stuff, but you don't want to just, you got lucky. Yeah. You got lucky as fuck. You're born in America. I mean, you're from Texas. I'm from Boston. Dude, we're we're from like the industrialized Western yeah. world in the the pinnacle of civilization in terms of like opportunity. There's never been a place like this. We're the luckiest fucking people that Absolute, ever walked the face of the planet. Anybody who doesn't acknowledge that, you, you got to be crazy, man. I was I became friends with this lady at a restaurant and me and my wife and son would always go in there. And we got really close and she was just talking about like you know, her family's from Ecuador and her kids, she can't afford her kids to be over here. So she's sending them to school over there and she keeps sending money over there. But like it's riddled with gangs, nothing but gangs out there. And if they find out you're in America sending money back, they'll hold your family hostage. You know what I mean? And it's, and that's real. People don't believe that. They think they, oh, that's not, it's real. Like this lady we've known for over like, eight years and she tells these stories about like her sending their money and she has a person out there that that basically you know lives in a little house and keeps everything secret because if it comes out that she's sending money to them they'll they'll hold that family hostage and 
cut the, the fingers face. off and shit. Yeah. yeah. Like Dude, it's, it's bad. It's like, bad. And we're living here, you know, we're lucky we're doing this podcast, but there are people struggling. And when I hear people go, ah, you know, that's their problem. Nah, that's, that's terrible. <laughs> that's the man. world's you're problem. A, you're an awful human being. Yeah. Like, your perspective sucks it, for it, sure. It's terrible. And it's going on yeah. all over the world and it's creating this. And I feel that, you know, we're creating this me, me, me. Yeah. Situation, but I also think we need to also have conversations about it. I did a I did a show in Kansas City, and I always talk about when I do stand up, I don't talk politics. So you know, you do the local press and things. And there were people that come out to my shows in Trump hats, like literally <laughs> wearing Trump hats, sat front row. And did, they, did that fuck with you? I don't know, but they I don't, probably did. Also, I don't care. But they probably did. They probably did. Because yeah. because after the show, literally, and when I say Trump supporters, like. They look, I mean, like the big husky guy, like, hey, how you doing? Like that type of thing. And they go, we heard our wife said you weren't uh, going to talk politics, so we want to see. You know, and, and then she goes, he's right, you didn't. You know, and oh, they, God, we they, wanted to see. And we we're going to sit up front where our Trump hat support our leader. Yeah. Just in case you crack any funnies about his orange skin or his fucked up hair. But I didn't. I didn't because that's not my comedy. But they bought all, basically, they bought. Tons of merch because I didn't do it. And they also oh. said something that was important. And I think this is important to know when you try to make a point to somebody. When you start off yelling at them, it's never going to go well. If you can explain it to them through your eyes and not yell, have a conversation. Because I talk a lot about, like, you know, I, I talk a lot about growing up in an all white neighborhood and the racist things that I encountered. Mm-hmm. And I didn't yell at them and I didn't say I, I, I hate white people. I just told my point of view and they actually were open and they actually respond. I understand now, you know, nobody's ever explained it to us mm-hmm. like that. And I think it's about conversation, not because when we watch TV, it's all about you suck, you suck. Well, let me tell you why, you know, right. it's, you got to start from a place, put it like this. Have you, I, I don't know if you heard of this green deal where they want to take 70% of anyone that makes over $10 million, 70% of their income. That's hilarious. That's good, hilarious. Good That's, luck, it's, the, it's, the, it's the dumbest thing <laughs> That's ever. That's AOC, right? Is yeah, that her yeah. idea? It's the dumbest thing ever, right? I don't mean, I wasn't calling her a bitch no, no, when no. I said that. I, I like her. I was but saying it, good luck, bitch, as a f- expression. Yes. I like her, too. I like her. But I don't agree with her with that, but I like her. But what I'm saying is my friend was like, oh, you know, if the Democrats win, that's going to get passed because we hate rich people. And I go, that's the problem. We're starting at hate. The reason why you think it's going to pass because you think people hate rich people. See, and that's the, you got to have that's a conversation. Not fix it. Here's the no. thing. First of all, you've got incompetent use of funds. Like where you, does the money go? Exactly. All our taxes. Where this does it go? This idea that if you tax the rich, that all of a sudden all the problems will stop t- existing. That is so silly. You still have incompetent people that are distributing the money. They'll just create more jobs. There'll be more red tape. And we get more, more in debt. Yeah. What we've got to do is figure out a, a real plan for engineering our civilization better. That's that's well, what people have to do, and they, there should be like real discussion from like real experts, biologists, historians, people who really understand human psychologists, people who really understand human beings, really understand what's wrong with our society today, and we have an open discussion. But you know that can, that never about that. But that can never happen. Of course because, it can. But no, no, no. Right now, because of the government, because they. Here's the thing. What do you mean? That can happen. It's just it, we have to look at it in terms but, of a, a real every, priority. But no, it goes by it goes by the whoever party's in charge their priorities. 
It's not a, like my problem. Somebody is, has to make it a priority for the nation. I, that's, that's what I'm saying. But, but that's until, not impossible. But until you have a person, I believe everything can be fixed. This is a simple fix. If you just elect a person that takes some Republican values and some Democratic values, the thing is, right now in politics, you have to be one or the other. Like if I can, if a person came in and go, you know what? I like these Republican ideas. I like these Democratic ideas. Let's roll. I'm gonna be down the middle and let's roll with it's both. It's called them. being a centrist. Yeah. yeah, that exists. Yeah, but it needs to win. It, you, but that can happen. It can happen. All of it can but happen. Until you just that need happen. the right person. Look, but until that happens, what does that you, mean though? Does it, every four years we figure out what happens, right? And before Trump won, we never thought a reality show fucking guy could win but that guy won yeah and you go okay well now we know that happens <laughs> yeah. all this stuff can happen this yeah. is not like we're not asking for alchemy we're not trying to turn lead into gold we're trying to figure out a way but you're going to, against a system that that mm, is is you are no we the, there's a new system the new system is the the system of public opinion which is readily accessible absolutely and that's never happened before there's never been a time where everyone had a say in one way shape or form whether it's through commenting through instagram or twitter or social media that's one of the reasons why upholding the freedom of speech in these things is so important even if people are saying things you don't agree with yeah the only way this all gets sorted out is we get to figure out a way to express ourselves and there's going to be arguments back and forth but what you got to do is someone's got to put forth an educated plan like a plan that's based on science and reason and a plan that you can debate against opposers of that plan but when you have people that don't believe in science a lot of how do you how do you to Slowly but surely, you got to educate you gotta get people. There. It's going to take generations. This is what I'm saying. It's like the, the the momentum of our stubbornness and our 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 past and the the sort of the systems that we find ourselves stuck in, systems of behavior and thinking and culture. All that stuff is, is going to take a long time yeah. before we sort the wheat from the chaff. We got to figure out what's good and what's bad, and we're doing it. We're doing it, but we're doing it actively, and it's frustrating because you're like, God damn it, this is the worst time. We still have all these problems. We still have cops shooting people. We still have crime. We still have Wall Street theft. We still have all this stuff. Yeah. But you know what we're I human. like? But you know what I like is we know about it now. Yeah. Where oh, it's yeah. not hidden. Like 20 years ago, like you heard in, let's go 30 years ago, you heard NWA make that song F the Police. Yeah. And they're talking about the same things that are happening today, except you would hear the song and go, oh, that's a great song. Well, that's about Rodney King. Yeah, Rodney right? King. You watched him get the fuck beat out, out of him yeah. on TV. And here's the thing about the Rodney King thing. That guy apparently was a, like, he'd done a bunch of crazy shit, right? He'd gotten a, a ch car chase with the cops. Yeah. Mm -hmm. He beat the fuck out of somebody before that. There was a lot going on. You just got to see the end of it while this guy mm -hmm. is, was he on, what was he on? PCP I don't, I don't, or some I shit? I don't know if he, was he on a drug? Yeah, I think he was on PCP. PCP apparently makes you like superhuman strong. I had a buddy of mine who got his finger bitten off while he was on PCP. So he didn't even know Finger it. bitten off by who? A street fight. Yeah. It's like he, he didn't even realize his because he was he was on PCP. He didn't even realize somebody bit his finger off. <laughs> <laughs> then he went to yeah he had uh, he had uh, his toe removed and his toe uh, put uh, onto his finger where his finger used to be. Was it a thumb? No, it was his pinky finger. His uh, his um, trigger finger. So on one of his and he had it curved so he could always throw right hooks. So his, when you would shake his hand, his, uh, he would give you like this weird handshake where he would shake your hand, but there was always one finger that wouldn't straighten out. He kind of tickled the middle. It didn't move good. Yeah. Because they had, it was really his toe that they replaced his uh, finger with a toe. 
That must have looked weird. It was weird. It was real weird. Yeah, but that's PCP, son. <laughs> <laughs> Living that PCP life. <laughs> that's fucking crazy people in Boston, man. He was a boxing coach. Ugh. Yeah. I don't know, man. It's Bro. just, we need to get to a better place. Yeah, we're getting to a better place. But I think it's a long, slow process. I think we are in the, I mean, there's people that say, like, hey, to, to minimize the suffering that people feel right now is unjust, and for you to say that is outrageous, and it's just a hallmark of your delusional perspective. That's not true. This is not denying the awful things of the world. The awful things of the world exist. But if you tried to look at this as a mathematical equation, if you looked above, you would say, well, there's a lot of problems here. There's a lot of competing factors. There's uh, environmental factors. Like, what are they doing to the world? Mm -hmm. What are they doing to the ocean? What are they doing to the air? Oh, Jesus, everything's warming up. And, and people are fighting over what's causing it. Like, they're not even paying attention. This is madness. But look how much knowledge there is. Look how much discussion there is which yeah. are, movements are moving and growing and people are even when they're misinformed it's still there's activity there's all this stuff going on even when you know someone says hey we're going to tax everybody that makes more than 10 million dollars 70 percent like bitch you ain't taxing shit stop yeah. just stop yeah. stop 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 just because someone works really hard you can't take all of it look stop people from stealing money stop people from but if you if people say well we want equality of outcome okay as soon as we get equality of effort Talk to me. Yes. As soon Thank as you. we get, because some people don't hustle. They just don't. And I don't know why. Maybe it's the way they were raised. Maybe they have poor nutrition. Maybe they have hookworm. I don't know what the fuck <laughs> it is. But don't say that everybody's supposed to hit the right spot. Yeah. And everyone's going to get to this spot. And then after that spot, we're going to div divvy up all the money. So nobody ever makes more than $100,000 a year and the world's a better place. Bitch, that doesn't make the world a better place. No. That makes lazy people happy. That, yeah. that some fucking juggernaut like Mark Cuban or one of these billionaire characters is like hustling constantly and gathering up massive resources. Yeah, he's playing the game of Monopoly, but he's playing it 24 hours a day, seven days a week. That's his option. He can do that. You can't stop people from doing that. What you can stop them is from doing unjust things with that money. And what maybe you can do is like help someone like lean towards a, like a Bill Gates type situation mm -hmm. where he does so much good and so much charitable work and helps out so many people that you go, oh, well, maybe it's not a bad thing for a guy like that to have all that money. Because you don't have to think of him as just Mr. Moneybags. Like maybe you can think of him as... He does have access to all this money, but he's also this incredible resource for hope and change and, and prosperity for some folks. I think I think like I think people wouldn't mind giving money to something that they see being built. Like if yeah. there's work into it. Right. People hate the idea of just giving money and not seeing something from it. Sure. You know, but when you're building giving stuff. it to people that don't know what the fuck to do with it yeah. and they're just gonna find a use for it because that's what bureaucracy is. Yeah. I don't know, man. I don't know. I don't know, Joe. We just... <laughs> I don't know either, but I do know that it's fashionable to say it sucks. It's fashionable to say everything sucks. Well, it's, it's easy to say that, but like it's, you said, but I, I really think it starts with if the government is not on the same page and they're always fighting... You can't, you can't move forward. The, all this great stuff you're saying can't move forward because it starts from the top, Joe. That's true. But It starts from the top. What's interesting is one of the things that's cool about the government fighting is you get to see that like even the president can't do the things that he wants. Yes. He has to consult with people and they have to agree on something. And it has to be reasonable, and they have to present it to the American people. And so the people have to represent their constituents. And so you're seeing this really fascinating thing because you've never had a guy like Trump in office before. So you see him say he's going to do things, and then 
you see the rest it of the government happen. going, the fuck you are? Yeah. The fuck you are? And then you watch this stalemate. You watch this this go down. And you watch these people being forced to negotiate. And the way Trump is forced to talk about Nancy Pelosi because she has so much power. You know? You know he <laughs> yeah. wants to call her a cunt. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know he wants to call her an old witch. Like, get the fuck out of here. But he has to pay the respect because he knows to, now. She golf claps right in his face. <laughs> She's like, gives him this. Man, I, I, it's so fun to watch. It's so fun to watch right now. It is a fun time, man. And with social media being so big, how do you, how do you deal with people like the, the haters? Because there's so many people. I call them thumb thugs. But how do you deal? You just they're they're hating in the dark. I don't know what they're doing. You don't read Good all luck. those comments, do you? I don't read shit anymore, man. Yeah, I, I very, very rarely go into mentions. And if I do, it's usually a mistake. I just. I just do my best. Yeah. I do my best. I post and I go. I you, post and ghost. You don't even look at people's feeds, do you? No. I look at some people's feeds yeah, on Instagram do. when I'm bored. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'll, I'll read some things. You know, I look at some cool pictures. I watch some inspirational shit. I like going to The Rocks, seeing them lifting weights. Oh, man. I get pumped up. I want to go to the gym. Let me tell you. <laughs> The Rock is amazing. Let me tell you, I, C. T. Fletcher. I interviewed The Rock. The first time I met him was like 11 years ago during the game plan, and we just hit it off, right? Game playing? The game plan. That's where he played a quarterback. He was a lot thinner. It was, oh, it was, it was another... his first breakout movie. Oh, okay. That put a, he did Scorpion and then the game plan. And after that interview, uh, he took some time and just talked to me. He wasn't The Rock then. I mean, he was big. And then over the years, every time I interviewed him, he would pull me aside and go, are you going to my acting coach? Are you doing this? Are you doing that? Is there anything I can help you with? Wow. And I'm like, what? Like, and then he got bigger and bigger. And the last time I saw him, same thing. Yo, are you doing, are you going to the acting coach? Are you working on your goals? Are you improving? Like literally his Instagram, but in real life. And I'm, and it's, and he'll never know this, but it's a thing that's, for me, just you know, average schmo, Michael Yo, to, to take the time out every time I interview him to ask me if I'm achieving my goals, if I'm moving forward in life, giving me positive things, positive thoughts, to take that time like five minutes after every interview. And this dude is booked nonstop. But to actually take time, and it's just so inspirational. And to see him be the biggest movie star in the world, and he knows everybody's name. He's very respectful. I don't know if he has an earpiece, but like, it's, <laughs> <laughs> like he's like the president when he wa- he knows everybody's oh, yo, he name. Could, he could be president. He could, oh, hundred percent, hundred percent, a hundred percent. He could 100%. be president. He could run vote for, for him. I would too. Because he be- he's just a hard he's also worker. also comes from humble beginnings. Yes. He, I mean, he's in Hawaii right now, and he's filming on his Instagram. He's talking about all the neighborhoods that he goes back yes. to to check to see where he was where he's from when he was poor and starving. Yeah. You know, I mean, he li- re- really is from humble beginnings. I and, mean, he, he had only like, you know, it's the story of like $5 left in his account, mm-hmm. and then he got discovered in wrestling. And I knew him in Miami when he was doing WWE. I interviewed him a couple times over there, and, and he played for the University of Miami, my favorite college football team so it's a thing where you know the history of 11 years but for him that big to take time to motivate me separately and you know i know if he sees me out he knows my name but it's not like i'm texting i'm not like kevin hart with him and just to be a random dude that he takes time out every time he sees me to make sure i'm hitting my goals and moving forward with my career and not back and then offering hey if you ever need anything get in touch with me you know i would never take him up on that but it's a thing where i'm nobody he's the rock and to be that inspiration i mean it, it just does so much man like it, it it little things that big celebrities do or somebody that really inspires you 
like they don't know how much that means. Like mm. just some, just that little time he spends. Yeah, I it think he so knows. Much. I think he does know. I think he's a genuine leader. He is. You know, that's hundred percent. I think that's why so many people like him because what he says is it, it's authentic. Like it's really who he is. There is nothing fake about that man. Yeah, like, you don't have to be fake. You no. just have to be successful. And if you want to work as hard as that guy, you could be successful. I, I I asked one day, I was like, do you just take a bunch of pictures at the gym like, and just post throughout the day? Because you you're don't always, get that big from taking pictures, bro. I know, man. Uh, that, that guy's picking heavy shit up. That's too big. But you know what? I left. <laughs> that's just too big, Joe. It's not too big for him. No, but that's, he's an action star. No, dude, and he's the first action star that looks like an action Like, I would want oh, him to save my yeah. life in real life. Wow. He's, what is he? Like six, seven, or some shit like yeah, that. How like, tall is he? I, he's a he's, he's a, giant. He's a little bit taller than me. I'm six. He's three. giant. Yeah, he's giant. He's built like a fucking like a legitimate superhero. Like Will Smith was my guy, but I left Will Smith for the Damn, Rock. Damn, you left him. No, no, no. I still he's you still left Will. No, I didn't. Wow. No, no but, but like like you got to do what you got to do. Bro. A burning building. A burning building. Right. Who's gonna save you? Who's gonna save you? Will Smith might save you too. <sighs> Aliens coming you. at you. Uh, Independence Day. Did you not see Will Smith oh, save see, the world, you see, motherfucker? I dug my hey, look. Jesus I love Will Smith, Christ, but the, an earthquake, <laughs> an earthquake. Well, if you want someone to hold one hand on the top of a building, Thank you. and then hold your wrist with another, and know that he's got you. According to the movie poster, that's The Rock. See, I never saw Will Smith holding the top of a building. Will Smith can shoot a gun by the hand. Will Smith can shoot a gun he and get up those those zombies. He did. I am Legend. Oh man, what a great movie! That's a great fucking movie. Oh my goodness, that's a great fucking movie. God, yeah, but mm. Will Smith and The Rock need to make a movie together. They never that, have. Is that no, real? that, that would sense. be amazing. That'd be the biggest movie in the history of the known history. Universe. And they both. Who else? Tom Cruise. Get them all together. Tom Cruise, Will Smith, and The Rock. Have you ever interviewed Tom Cruise? Uh, no, but only with my brain when I'm in my sensory deprivation tank. He reaches out to me. Does he really? He makes a mind meld. Yeah, yep. he, he puts on his uh, Scientology earbuds <laughs> and he uh, astral travels. Can I tell you it's amazing interview Tom Cruise? What's amazing about it? It's it's. Because you hear so many different stories. Do you wake up with your pants off? No, I didn't. Like, what no, not, not, not that time. Where am I? He hypnotized <laughs> me. But he doesn't break eye contact with you. Mm, that's what I like. No, he just like, game. hey, what's up? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. And what he'll do is Make I get nervous. Him. No, I'm not. No, 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 no. No, but that's what he's doing. He's making he's, you nervous. Well, or he just wants you to know he's, he's locked li- in on he's you. He's locked in. Right. Like he will not break eye contact. Like if you look over here, he'll be like. Probably makes it harder for you to ask fucked up questions, too. No, what he does, and I tell all my friends, <laughs> <laughs> what he does, I tell all my friends, when you interview Tom Cruise, mm-hmm. he will take, ask him a question, he'll try to make it three minutes long, so he doesn't have, you can't ask him that many, so you got to learn, you got to oh. build a relationship with him, so then you can ask him a bunch. See, I've interviewed him so many times, I walk, I remember one time I walked in the room, I was like, hey, Tom, I got five minutes, so we're going to have to answer these questions. So I got to that point, but he, he's a great, inter- nice guy. Did you ever get to Scientology? No. Never. Is no. that part of the deal? You can't ask him about that? Well, I, I heard a part of Scientology is for you to walk out the room saying how great they are. And I just did it. Oh, that makes it. sense. I yeah. just did it. Right. Yeah. So maybe- yeah. It works. It, it did. It just well, worked. Well, that's just a philosophy on like how to influence people, right? How yeah. to positively influence people. You want those people really thinking the best of you. Well, St- good strategy. Well, everybody was like, oh, he's crazy. Is this, is that? Every time I interviewed, he's great. I love, I mean, I love Tom Cruise. Some of my favorite people are crazy. 
Yeah. Yeah. You t- tell me someone's crazy that doesn't shake me. I'm not like, okay, well, I'm not going to talk to crazy. them. They're crazy. My favorite people are all crazy. Yeah. Like literally crazy. My favorite people. So if someone tells me that someone's crazy, I'm like, okay, what else you got? It's well, crazy, not scary to me. Like Will Smith is awesome. He's got to be crazy. Will Smith? Sure. For sure. No. Something's going on. No. Something's going on. Too nice. Too nice. Too smart. No. Too get positive. out of here. Something get out of crazy. here. No. Is he a Scientologist? I have no idea. Might be. The, the problem is when I the problem I <laughs> the problem I had, dude. The problem I had with being an entertainment reporter, man. They give you questions to ask, and you have to ask them, or literally, oh. it could be your job. So they float out like a bunch of real dumb ones. Yeah. Do they give you any room to like? Oh yeah, you could do whatever you want, but they'll be like, "Hey, you gotta ask this question." And it's like if somebody just got divorced, yeah. you gotta be like, "Hey, uh, right. what happened to divorce?" Damn. Oh, and it sucks. Ass. You gotta ask women that. Yeah. Oof. That's why I stopped doing it, man. I couldn't. Uh, one time, uh, what's her name? Uh, Anna. God, what's her name? Uh, shoot, she was in Devil's Wear Prada, not uh, Meryl Streep, but Anne, Anne Hathaway. So they gave me the dumbest question to no. ask Anne Hathaway. She, Kim Kardashian and Kanye West were on the cover of Vogue. And right before that, it was Anne Hathaway. And so they told me, they go, hey, why don't you ask her what she thinks about the cover? Because everybody was like, oh, this is bull crap that Kim Kardashian is on. I asked Anne Hathaway that question. And she goes, well, you know, I don't run the magazine, so it really doesn't matter to me. I'm like, fine. So I finished the question. I'm walking down the stairs and go, then I hear it. She goes, why the fuck would he ask me that question? I don't give a shit who's on that magazine. And I was about to turn back around because I kind of got mad. But then I was like, man, she's fucking right. That was a dumb ass question. Well, maybe you could say, I'm sorry. They made me ask you that question. No, nah, it was too late, too man. Late. It was too late. Yeah, that's a part I of the problem. I just feel so stupid asking Some producers questions. like winding you up like a little robot. Click, click, click. Get out there. Ask the questions And if I you ask. don't ask, yeah. oh, they get, get so in trouble. Mad. Oh, yeah. You know? Yeah, they threaten your job with it. Well, that's why those shows are always so canned. You know, when yeah. you have people talking to entertainers and everything's so canned. It just seems so inauthentic. Like, they wanted me to ask. My first interview ever was with Jennifer Aniston and Marley and me. And this is right after she broke up with Brad Pitt. They wanted you to ask about Brad Pitt? They wanted me to ask about <gasps> Brad Pitt. And I was like, no, I can't do that. Did no. you tell them no? No, I, I no. it was my first gig. So you so, had to? So No, I didn't. So I said, what if I figure out a different way to ask? So I found, so what I, they were like, whatever you get, we need a clip. You know, oh. and this was when I was at E Entertainment, and this was my first big shoot ever. Jennifer Aniston, and they were like, "You're gonna go out there." So it was Marley and me. So she just broke up with Brad Pitt. So I go, uh, since the movie's about a dog, I go, "What's the uh, what's the um, what's the re- uh, similarities between a dog and a man?" <laughs> and she mm. laughs and gives a great answer about you know one will be around but a dog is always forever you know like men can treat you wrong so I got a great answer from mm. it and I didn't have to ask about Brad Pitt and that's the thing is if you find a smart way to ask it you can ask it but they just sometimes want you to be just so brutal it's it's I can't it, well it's because they don't have to do it and they don't keep the relationships yeah, they don't care about the exactly relationships. and they just don't they don't even care about you you're a little trained person that they send out a little monkey hey, hey person little person <laughs> listen to me little person you have to listen the the person who signs the paper yeah it's to send you off and give you a little fucking direction Ugh. it's the grossest I mean it was amazing because I got to build relationships with people but like Good for you for recognizing it. Oh, 100%. 
Hundred. I knew they were doing it. so. Once you, I mean, not even that, but like recognize you got to get out of that. Oh, hundred percent. It's I, I. My soul couldn't do. It. I couldn't. <laughs> I couldn't ask people about them breaking up or something tragic happening in their lives. Like, how are you doing now? It's I like, run into some of them TMZ dudes that feel bad. I'm like, look, bro. I, I feel bad too, but I'm not talking to you. Like, this, yeah. There's nothing good ever comes out of these. Like, there's no disrespect to you. I know you're doing a job. I'd probably do the same job if I was in your place. I probably yeah. if I was a kid when I was a kid. If TMZ was around, I'd, I'd take that job. Yeah. What are we gonna do? Just try to ask some famous dude a, a funny question. But it, it's just like it's, it's not the way to discuss things. No, it's not the way to discuss things, and you're c- coming out of the airport or you're on your way to a fucking restaurant somewhere, and someone sticks a camera in your face. Like, come on. Well, I, I wasn't doing that. I was. I was. We were going to junkets. No, no, we're talking okay. about TMZ. TMZ. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, but, I, but I mean, there's these these junkets are a brutal assault on reality. Oh, yeah. You're saying the same thing over, over and, and over and over again. You're asking the same. Everyone asks you the same question. You know, tell, so tell us about this show. Yeah, you, Michael, you play uh, you yeah. play Michael Yo, <laughs> which is Michael your real name. <laughs> this is crazy. Oh, hey. by the way, write this down. Okay, Michael Yo, Average Schmo. That's your your first comedy special. You're gonna call it Michael Yo, Average Schmo. It's Michael perfect. Yo, Average Schmo. Because that's what you said when you're talking about The Rock. Yeah, it's like you like I'm it's an average me, schmo. Michael Yo, Average Schmo. So that would be a. It would funny, be my second. One. Oh, that's right. You already have one. I just came out with it. Yeah. And when did it come out? Uh, it on Amazon Prime. It's free. Came out two and a half weeks ago. Oh, it's, nice. It's called Blasian. Blasian. Because I'm black and Asian. I get it. Yeah. Didn't Tiger Woods say something like that? No, he, he himself... said he's Cublasian, went on Oprah mm, and told her Cublasian. told her she wasn't he wasn't black. And black people got so pissed. Ooh, that's a tough one to swallow. <laughs> <laughs> well, I tell you what's tougher is I was up for a job and is a very prominent black producer told me I wasn't black enough. For the Whoa. job, so I was like, so but I get hold it. Hold on, there's tanning booths close by. <laughs> I'll be back in four days and I'll rock your fucking world. But because, dude, like, if you go to like a tanning booth every day, I could not get black. You I could will get, get dark, dark, but I wouldn't get black. Dude, I can get dark. You could get dark, but not black. You couldn't get black. Well, what do they want? What are they, what they, are they wanted for? black, like Wesley Snipes, like. <laughs> Yes. No disrespect. No disrespect. But he, I, I guess they said. Right. I, but I think it was more than just skin color. Well, they wanted a certain. There was a certain role. Yeah. yeah. They wanted yeah. a. Like yeah. I don't like yeah, when you I see me. It. You don't think oh straight up black dude. Right. Right. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. You, you know. So they wanted I, something for. I mean, that's the thing, man. Look, if you're making a story and you mm-hmm. want these characters in the story, like say if you have some big fucking goon who terrorizes people, you can't get Kevin Hart to play that role. No. It doesn't make any sense. No. That's where The Rock comes in. <laughs> Right, he's a big giant dude. You, you know what I'm saying? Like, oh, I like love him. Everybody has to have, you know. That's the weird thing about acting too. It's like, man, you got to hope somebody has something that you would do good in. You know, like you have to always hope that someone's got a project that you could slot into that project. Yeah, or you, know? you just got to create your own. Yeah, that's true too. I like, mean, the, you, the best is Billy Bob Thornton. That Sling Blade thing. Yeah. Do you know what he did with there? No. He, apparently he was like working on some movie, like he had some bullshit part in some movie, and uh, he was like super depressed and started doing this fucking character. <laughs> you know, he th- does that character yeah. from Slingway, uh-huh. and then would do it in the mirror and shit and practice it and decided to make a whole fucking movie about it. And that movie launched him. Like, it was his I, own you, idea. Well, I mean, it's kind of like what you're doing. You just decided to do your own thing, and now you control your own destiny. That's where we all need to get to. Like, honestly, this you know i 
what I love about comedy right now is I like Joe Coy was my mentors and he's blown up in comedy, you know, so I see people like you, Joe and, you know, uh, Bill Burr and just Theo Vaughn who took me out my very first time doing comedy ever. Did it really? Yeah. Oh, in nice. Madison, Wisconsin, you know, at, uh, I think it's called state on six or six yeah. on state. That's the first time you ever got paid. That's the first time I ever got paid. And he's the first person to ever take me out. So and good. I remember we landed and he goes, you're not, you're going to see grown men eating cheese like well, like sharing bags of cheese <laughs> it was got yeah. as soon as we got off the plane literally two men on a bench sharing a bag of cheese How and he weird. was like i told you like it, it was very weird so it's so, it weird the culture of cheese in wisconsin anyway yeah so you're they're making now now theo's blown up like you're making your own path and i think with comedy now is the time where people can make their own path and control their own destiny and well, get paid really well i mean just go to a comedy store and look at the parking lot now of yeah comics. well it's what it is now is you're not dependent upon networks anymore yeah the networks that we've created or what i was like to refer to as an organic network mm-hmm. like there's a network of friends like when you're talking about Bill Burr or Tom Segura, or Ari Shafir, whoever these people yeah. are, Crystal Lee, all these like really successful popular comedians right now, Theo and so and so and so, Andrew Santino, these guys are all, we're all friends with each other. Like, yeah. and, and everyone knows, like if someone says, this guy's funny, you're like, well, listen to the guys who are telling you, these guys are all hilarious. They know who the funny people are. They know who the pretenders are too. Yeah. They don't talk about them and they avoid them. Uh-huh. And then you know who the funny people are and you just, it's an organic network. Like there's no paperwork, but everybody helps everybody. And one of the beautiful things about it is no one's fighting for scraps anymore. It's not yeah. like there's TV shows and there's only like, if you and me are in the audition room, and we're friends but we're both auditioning for the same role like i don't really wish you very well yeah i hope i I might fuck with you i'm like dude you sweating what are you doing look nervous you okay (laughs) it's an easy gig right you're not nervous about that right you're gonna go in there and perform so you're not eating each other Yeah, you're not eating each other you're not you're not scratching and clawing for scraps everybody can support each other because first of all there's fucking thousands of places to perform just in this country yeah thousands mm-hmm. and there's only a certain amount of comedians like there's plenty of room for everybody well what i love about uh like all you guys doing the podcast and blowing up it's jason siegel i used to interview him a lot when he was making movies and stuff and he said the thing about judd apatow is after freaks and geeks judd basically made his own network you know james franco and those guys and they supported each other no matter what. Mm-hmm. And I see that same thing happening now. And it's good with comedians. Like comedians are pairing up and saying, this is our group. And if you're funny, you're funny. And let's let's watch each other's back instead of competing. It's now like for, you know, I've only been in it nine years. You know, I know you've been in a lot longer. But my nine years, I saw at the beginning a lot of hate. And now I'm seeing people like now jump on each other's podcast and, and, and actually encourage each other yeah. and push each other, which I think is a great shift for comedy right now. Well, that's the big difference between podcasts and radio because radio yeah. guys always hated other radio guys. Yeah. They always thought mm-hmm. of other radio guys like, I want that morning spot and yeah. this guy's going to try to steal it from me and he's, on, oh, he's across town. Fuck him. Yeah. Podcasts don't do that. We, we get on each other's podcasts and we support each other's podcasts. It's like there's plenty of people, man. This this famine mentality is what fucked everybody up. It is, but that's what Hollywood puts out there. 
You know, it's just the circumstances. It's not it, like it's an organized effort to no, put it's out not. there this it's famine not. mentality. It's just that this there was a like we were talking about earlier. Like if you're an actor, you you got to hope somebody's got something that you fit into. Yeah. So all the other dudes that are like you, man, you're competing against them. And then you know you hear fucking some James Franco type dude got the role. You're like, of course, yeah, he's famous. Fuck, I can't. I'm never gonna catch a break. And this is the this is the feeling that a lot of like really depressed actors have. Well, it's interesting because I was up for this huge host gig like last year and looked like I was going to get it and then the night before they say oh we gave it to this bigger guy like he was a you celebrity say his name no I won't say his name he's a celebrity no no no, no 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 spell it out no no just write no, it down no. no make it rhyme no no. <laughs> no 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 you know me Joe I'm very safe <laughs> I'm very safe Joe I'm still trying to make it like you and he got it and then my agent goes well, you don't sound upset I was like no because the way I'm wired is I need to get to that level where I'm getting jobs I don't deserve. You know what I mean? <laughs> so you're saying he doesn't deserve it. I see why you wouldn't say his name. No. So you're playing it safe, but you're not. Because he knows who he is. No. And he's but, out there listening to you right now. But when they say you're better, than, you're better in the audition than him, Ooh, you did this better. That's what they said about you? No, no, no. That's what they're telling me. But your agents are telling you. No, 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 no. The casting people are telling me this, mm. and they, but I don't. Are they get, trying to fuck you? No, no, sure. no. Are you sure? I'm positive. <laughs> I'm positive. So when I get to that point, I'm just like I reversed mm. it. I was like, dude, when you get to a certain level, you get shit you don't necessarily. He probably didn't even know he was going out for the show. They were probably like, hey, we got a new contract, and we heard you could do it. You maybe. know what I mean? Yeah, maybe. But that's this industry. Once you get to a certain point, you get gigs. You start. Getting things. Once your podcast blew up, you can people send you stuff, you know, and that's how this whole thing works. And so my mm. mentality is I need to get to that point right. where people start giving me things. And that means working harder. Okay, great. Working harder, building my brand, doing stand up. I'll do that. Don't ever say building your brand. Don't say that ever again. Building my brand? Don't do it. Oh, okay, don't. Okay. That's some okay. nonsense talk that they throw around. Brand? Hey, you're, you're building your brand, man. Hey, dude, I really love what you're doing with your brand. That's like a Hollywood thing that they say. Is it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love what you're doing with your brand. Ew. Puh. The fuck you know, out of You here. don't think a brand is real? Well, brands are real. Like, yeah. uh, uh, I'm wearing uh, Converse sneakers. Those are real. But see, to me, when I hear- Actually, I'm wearing Under Armour. Yeah. I lied. The Rock. You always support The Rock. <laughs> Cam Haynes. My buddy Cam Haynes sent me these. Look nice. at that. I wear them. They're nice. Wait a minute. I like them. No, 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 no. But, but like, what I your yeah, podcast? Believe in brands. But your your podcast is a brand. I don't think of it that way. Really? Well, no. but it is. Yeah, well, but whether you think, think about it or not, but it is. He, he Joe saying? Rogan experience is a brand. But building my brand, like literally, there's zero thought of that. Okay, gotcha. You know, you just doing you. I just I just do what I want to do. Hey, man, just be yourself. <laughs> you can just be yourself. Yeah. It's it's possible. Yeah. Like I am absolutely just doing that. You know, I'm just really lucky that there's a slot. Right, like that. I have interests that are like that. I can act, like like the fact that I do stand up comedy and I also do cage fighting commentary. Yeah, like that's not supposed to exist, right? But, but you it, created it. But it exists because there's a slot. I got lucky that there was a slot there. You know that this exists. This sport exists, and I have an, an understanding of it and a, a, a deep appreciation for it. And then the comedy exists too, and then I like that too. Like you don't have to do comedy. Nobody no. has to do comedy. But for me, it's like oh, like you could do that. But isn't it amazing, like when, like what, 
I'll be honest with you. When I came on the show, I was like, oh my God, this is such a big show. It, it, it's a huge show. People get nervous. I talk to a lot of people that come on the first time. People get nervous coming to the show. But That's why we got all that booze over there. But, yeah. <laughs> but what's amazing is, do you ever think about like, if somebody's on your show, literally, whatever they're selling, or like, you'll get somebody on this show that becomes a regular, and now they're selling out all across the country. And that's pretty amazing, the power of that you hold you know what i mean which is great which is great which blows me away that you know like the last time i saw that uh i remember you know i was at chelsea lately at the beginning of it and when that show was at its peak i say chelsea lately chelsea handler was the american idol of comedy at that Mm. time if you were on that show i didn't even do stand-up like literally i was three months in uh, I would bring five comedians and do mi- like 15 minutes in between everybody and bring and sell out shows because I was on that. Sh- that's how much power like she brought comedians that were retired back. She brought and that was the first time I saw like one show could be so powerful in a niche audience where if you love comedy, you're going to sell out all these people's shows mm-hmm. while it's hot. And now it seems like this show is that like comedians come on here and they're just selling out all over the place. And that's, that's a tribute to you, man. And your audience, how they're so passionate about you. And I'm not here to kiss your ass, but well, it's just not, not bullshitting people and not having people on that suck. Yeah. Like doing your bet. Like I try to go after like to to get guys on, I like guys that I don't know, I hear about them, you know, like Andrew Schultz or Tim Dillon. I hear about these guys from New York and people, people tell me, Hey, you got to see this guy. This guy's fucking funny. Joe list. A lot of people told me, get these guys on. And you know, look, I'm a, whatever I can do to support comedy. I'm a fan. I'm a fan of comedy. I love it. Even if I was never doing it, even if I've decided right now, I don't ever want to tell jokes on stage ever again. I will always watch. I love it. I love stand-up. I'll always love stand-up. So if I can do something that helps stand-up and helps comedians be successful and it helps encourage more people to try it because I think there's thousands and thousands of uh, just unexplored stand-ups across the country they just never take a chance never do it never have anybody encourage them never think about about doing it It, have you ever been on say i i think it's a superpower i really do because your senses are so high i've never been in a situation where when you're on stage you're saying your act you're thinking about something else you're hearing conversations like like you're hearing a waitress take an order and you're noticing what people are doing. Like, it's almost like an out-of-body experience. Mm-hmm. Like, I, and I can't think of any other normal time throughout the day that would ever happen where it's pretty amazing what your mind can do when you're on stage. But you have to train it. Oh, yeah. You know, I mean, that's one of the reasons why I have to do so much stand-up. Yeah. Like, if, even for me, after 30 years of doing it, I still have to do stand-up four days a week. I do stand-up four days a week. Oh, yeah. If I don't do stand-up four days a week, or if I take... A week off, that's fine. Nothing wrong with it. I'll take a month off. Nothing wrong with that. But understand that when it's time to roll again, we're going four days a week. We're going to do two, three shows a night. You're going to go Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, or you're going to do Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. That's what you're doing. And that's the only way to do it. Because if you don't do it that way and you don't do three sets a night, two sets a night, four sets a night, if you don't do that, you never stay. You got to get laser beam sharp. And the only way to get that 
that honed fucking samurai sword edge you got to constantly be doing it it's you that thing that you're doing where you're talking about hearing all these things but concentrating on what you're saying and being in the moment yeah. which is the most critical because they know when you're not in the moment yeah they somehow or another know when you're you could say the same words with the same inflection and it won't work oh that's what's amazing about yeah. it though that's what i love about it they like, know they, they know i love how you could do two sets in a night and get a totally different reaction. Yeah. It's so exciting. Yeah. I was talking to Darnell Rollins. He was like, he was talking about one night he had a great set, and the next one he didn't have too good of a set. And he says, I went to a grocery store and got on the mic just to get a laugh. You know? <laughs> I just needed to. <laughs> it's like I needed to get on a mic. I needed to get one oh. laugh because you can't go to bed on a bad show. Donnell is amazing on podcasts. I try to talk him into doing a podcast. Oh, like he would be so good. He's starting it. He's already got a logo. He's got it. It's, he calls it too soon with Donnell Rawls because oh. half his shit. He's it's too just, soon. He's too soon. Dude, he is so he's funny, so man. Funny. He's, he's such so a funny. Character. He's such a good dude too. Just like a good dude. You know like, who's 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 a person that. That I, I know you're so established now, you got your crowd, but who's a person that, like, after they go on, you're like, oh shit, I gotta bring it? Is that still that for you? Because your crowd I, is I so. I think about it uh, with everybody, but I don't think about it in terms of, like, oh shit, I like comedy. This yeah. is the key to following people. Yeah. Like comedy, enjoy it. Go on stage happy, like yeah. you're laughing, and then do your stuff because you're working on it anyway. It's good, right? If you, if you take enough time and enough effort and enough care, on your craft yeah. and put together an act that's good, the people are going to enjoy it. So don't worry. Yeah. Enjoy. Like if you, like I, that's why I brought Joey Diaz on the road with me for so many years oh, because him. I knew that he was just going to erupt that place. And by the way, but when I went on stage, they were already, already in a great mood. They're all laughing. They're laughing hard. This the keys. Just everybody should have a good time, man. Everybody, yeah. including your opening act and the middle act. You want murderers to go on in front Absolutely. of you. Absolutely. I, I, you know, like the comics I bring aren't as well known yet, but Leo Flowers, Nick Garrett, Orlando Labor. But I tell you, any room they crush, they crush in. There's our, only one way for great comics to get great. It, it's they, like playing on a good see them. They got to see them. Absolutely. There's a lot of guys out there that people just haven't seen, but they're good. <gasps> and I know? and I love coming in after energy. What about what about the first time you went after a big comic when you were first starting and you did well oh, and it kind of blew you away i don't even know when that happened i ate shit for so many years that's all i remember yeah i, I remember eating shit after everyone good <laughs> <laughs> i didn't have one good set for like mitzi used to set me up too she would do it on purpose um she would put you like when on i was four spot in my 20s i was um young little cutie face and i would go on after fucking murderers yeah like martin lawrence when he was in his prime <sighs> oh my god dude when he was wearing leather jumpsuits yes, on stage and and leather shirts <laughs> murk in the room i mean murk in the room where people are falling out of chairs and throwing drinks at each other they couldn't even handle it martin it's, lawrence was an it's assassin. like church in it was he like was, church he was an assassin man i'm telling you people forgot how good he was for a few years there was a few years where Martin Lawrence was nuking crowds, just oh. like, boom. Yeah. Whoosh. And I would get on after him, and literally people would just, three quarters of the audience would get up and walk. When he was off, they were done. They were done. They, they were, were ready to go home. They were, they, were, they were crying. They were holding their body like, oh, Jesus. <laughs> and then I would get on, say some nonsense, and be like, let's get the fuck out of here. Let's go eat. And they would just leave. 
And that was um, the reality of my time at the comedy store where Mitzi would, uh, she wanted you to know you ain't shit. Yeah. Don't get crazy. And you got to figure out how the fuck can you go on after all these murders? Well, when did you figure it out? It took a long time. Yeah. I don't know. When I, when I came here, I was only six years into comedy. So uh, I really, I didn't have any seasoning. I, yeah. was, I was really like a scrub. You know, I was like, I had some material. I had like, I could do an hour on the road, but it was half, it was bullshit. Yeah. You know, I was trying to figure it out, but I had a few good bits, but they weren't good enough. And I didn't have the confidence to go on after a Martin Lawrence or a Dice Clay or anybody who was really good. You know, anybody who was uh, really famous, I would get nervous like, Jesus, you know, but that's that but through that i figured out a way to do it you know i figured out a way like okay i have to figure out a way to grab people and let them know that i know the situation yep like oh this unknown fucking loser has to follow martin lawrence what a thrill what a thrill for me <laughs> watching everybody get up and so i developed <laughs> material for like bombing like like inevitable bombing and recognizing the bombing and uh, addressing it with all the rest of the audience and then people started laughing you know like uh I had to follow Pryor for five <sighs> weeks in a row when he at was- At the comedy store? At the comedy store. Oh my God. When he was really sick. And um, uh, the late, great Mar Marilyn Martinez, her husband, um, and Chewy, who was the door guy at the comedy store, used to help Richard Pryor to the stage, and it would take forever. Because they would walk him, because you know, he was yeah. losing control of his body. And um, they sat him down, and they would crank the microphone up to like as loud as it goes. So it's like, he would hear the feedback, like, Shh, wow. and he would drink, which he probably wasn't supposed to be doing, because he was on medication, yeah. just drinking, and just, just talking. And uh, a lot of it was really sad, because you realize like, wow, this is the greatest comic of our time. I mean, yeah. he's on the wall here mm -hmm. in the studio. Yeah, I mean, he's uh, if he's not the greatest ever, he's certainly in the conversation. It's like who's the greatest? I don't know, but there's a handful of like super important pioneers. There's Lenny Bruce, and there's Richard Pryor. Those are the two top, yeah. in my opinion. Those yeah. are the ones that are the most important for the art form. And there's obviously George Carlin and Kinnison, and go down the line, and Eddie Murphy, who we we're talking about yeah. before the show too. Still to this day, I think it was one well, of the all time greats. Well, like I, I was telling you before, I, I got a chance to talk to Eddie like two years ago. He came out with a serious movie, more dramatic. I forgot, I, I forgot the name of it, but it was really good. And I asked him, you know, being a comic, I was like, why haven't you shot another special? And he goes. I have to put too much of my personal life in it, and I'm not ready to do that yet. And it kind of hit me where, you know, if you go back and listen to his comedy, he talked about his real life. He talked about his parents. He did a lot of what Richard Pryor did. Yeah. You know, he's very personal. And you got to remember, Eddie Murphy, a lot's gone on in his life over the last 15, 20 years. And I think if he didn't address things when he hit the stage, people go, why didn't he talk about that? Yeah. Where Chris Rock... And Kevin Hart, they will address whatever story's out about them and go full steam ahead. And I think Eddie Murphy probably respects the craft too much where he's like, I can't do it halfway. If, I, if I'm not going to do 100%, I'm not going to do it. That's what I took from that conversation from him. That makes sense. And also, just think about it. He has two of the best specials probably ever made back then. Like the two biggest, where everybody still knows. Goonie Google. Like people still yeah. can say, now that's a fire. Now that's a fire. You know, like people still quote <laughs> yeah. those Norton, two. I'm looking at you. <laughs> yeah. Look, he's a, he's an all-time great, even if he never does a joke again. But he still got it. That's what's crazy. 100% he got it. Did you ever see that thing that he did where he was roasting uh, Bill Cosby when yes. they took away his yes. uh, honorary degree? Yes. Dude, his timing was sharp. And like you were like, oh my God, he could go do stand-up right now. But the pressure of that, because he has two specials. It's kind of like I, I compared to Dr. Dre. 
After Dr. Dre made the chronic, they always said, oh, he's going to come out with another one. And then it got to a point where how do you back up? I mean, the greatness of those two specials. I mean, it's a lot to live up to. Not saying he ever couldn't, but people are always going to say, man, you remember Delirious and Raw? I wish he was like that. You know, and I think that's the fear. I mean, maybe. I mean, you could make that I argument about a it. lot of guys that did keep going. You know, you can yeah, make that argument, argument about those, a lot of guys. Who but had, did like, those really guys that kept going have a delirious or raw? You know, like two <clears> that were that. Like, I remember the first time going to a movie theater to see a stand-up comedy special. Right. Two times. Delirious and raw. Like, who does that? Kevin Hart does it. But, like, that's your. that was my first. Oh, my God. Eddie Murphy. Yeah. On the big screen. And those are locked in the history of time. <clears throat> People are going to know those two stand-up specials. For Raw, for sure. Yeah. Delirious, I think, was on HBO, wasn't it? I don't remember. Was Raw? I, I think Delirious was on was HBO. It? I think it was an HBO special. All I remember And was, I think Raw was in the movies. Raw, okay. So Raw was in the movies, <laughs> but it's a kid like me going to the movies to see it, and he was so big at the time. And just to follow those up, that might have been part of the problem with him, too. He might have got too big. That happens to certain comedians. Like, that happened to Steve Martin. Yeah. You know, Steve Martin talked about that. Uh-huh. I mean, I don't think either one of us is ever going to understand how famous Eddie Murphy is. Like, what it's no. like to be Eddie Murphy. At that time? No. I mean, but come even on. even now, man. Yeah. People see him, and they get weirded out. I got weirded out when I met him. They put it in theaters four years after it aired on HBO. Delirious? Yeah. So yeah, it was I did HBO see it in theaters. Yeah. 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 <clears throat> um, a Dice Clay had an HBO or a, a movie theater uh, film. Um, he did. Um, he did a. a, a, a Misread that. Oh, did he? Um, Dice Clay had a movie theater one. Uh, Gabriel Iglesias has done one that's been in the movies. Of course, Kevin Hart has. Um, there's been a few guys have done them in the movies, but. Yeah, but I remember like you know Kevin Hart's was great. Everybody, but I, for some reason, maybe because I was a kid, I was, it was so big to me. Mm-hmm. But it, to me, it was like an event. Yeah, you know, I'm older now. I'll go to see Kevin Hart in a movie theater. But when I was a kid, stand up was an event. I want to like like that. Yeah, because you're yeah. you're hearing curse words and yeah. you know you're hearing all these. You're to this day still reciting stuff from, and that's a lot of comedy specials. You don't know the words 30 years later. Yeah. Well, I the first special I ever saw for sure was Richard Pryor live in the Sunset Strip. <sighs> I saw it. My parents took me to see it. You were there? Yeah. No, no, no. No, no. Watching in the movie theater. Oh, no, okay, no. okay. No, I was watching it in the movie theater. My parents took me and uh, I couldn't believe it. Like I had never seen anything that funny. I couldn't imagine Dude. it. It's so hard today. For un- anyone to understand what it was like to hear that stuff back in what was it seventy nine or some yeah. shit? When was uh when was live on the Sunset Strip? Dude, that bear joke. Dude, I mean, how about the fire? <sighs> yeah, fire is inspirational. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, go dude, he was on. he was doing jokes about burning himself, and we were crying laughing. Same year as Delirious. What year is it? Uh, released in eighty three. Was it really? Yeah. Live in the Sunset because, Strip was live in the sunset. It was taped in 82 release. Okay, so I was yeah, 13. That makes sense. He had to tape it twice. No, I wasn't 13. I was sunset. Like 16. What else? Like 84, 85, 83. 15. 15. I was 15 years old. Let's see. I was wow. I was 9. So wow. I saw I saw both of those movies. And I remember I remember Richard Pryor. I was like, "Wow, Eddie and Richard you could tell Eddie studied Richard because oh, they had sure. the same mannerisms. They had yeah. a couple of the same jokes too, just in a different way. Mm. You know what I mean? So it, it was kind of a thing where 
I, I fell in love with Richard Pryor because that was my first experience. I was nine, mm-hmm. you know, and I saw Sunset Strip and then I saw the documentary where he had to shoot it two nights in a row. The wow. first night he bombed and he told everybody to come back the next night and that's the one they shot. He, wow. he Yeah, he shot, uh, he shot it two nights in a row. First one, he apologized to the crowd. It wasn't going well. And the second night he said, y'all need to come back and uh, we're going to try this again. And so well, why would he want the same crowd? Because he felt like he did a disservice to them. But what? That's so weird. They're gonna he hear brought the jokes back the sand. Yes, and he Are murdered. You sure that's true. Hundred percent. It's in his documentary. You don't believe it? I believe it. I, 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 I mean, that's Ocean what was in the documentary. Yeah, but a comic wouldn't want the same crowd to come back. Well, he had the same t- material unless he stopped it short. Well, no, he didn't finish the show. <clears throat> he didn't wow, finish. What was show. wrong with him? He said he was just off. Like he, he was j- it was him. Hmm. It was him. And he goes and he, and they were talking about the first like 15 minutes of the set or 20 minutes of the set did not go well. Hmm. And he just stopped it and said, look, I'm not bringing it tonight. It's off. Y'all come back tomorrow night. Jesus Christ. And they kept the cameras and they shot it the next night. And that's, and that's what you have. In yeah. 19, so in 1983, I was either 14 or 15. And yeah, I ne- here it is. Here it is. Sorry, it came out in 82. This, the thing 82. I was showed, showed where it was released uh, in Australia in 83. Okay. So okay. if it was 82, that means I was 14. Yeah. I was eight. Yeah. I was either 14 or 15, this which makes sense. documentary, this is a fun fact. I, I definitely know it was pre-pussy for me. See, the Prior film lost was edited. his train of thought and forgot all, yeah. most of his material. He yeah. apologized to the audience and ended the show early, leaving the audience angry. Pryor pulled himself together and gave a much better performance the next night. Most of the footage in the film was from the second performance. Yeah. Completely messed up his performance during the first filming of the show. Yeah, but that doesn't say he brought the same audience back. Well, in the documentary, he That's said, what he said. Well, because it was only one show. What do you mean? They didn't shoot two show specials. Like, they only taped one night. Well, he said they filmed one and then they filmed it again. Yeah, he filmed it again the next night. Right. So that crowd, I mean, how but are you going to. They get a crowd. He didn't get a crowd anywhere. He, I, in the documentary, it said he used uh, the same crowd. Sense. He told everybody sense. because he felt so bad that he, right, right. Like, he that's cared. That's crazy, though, that he just stopped the show. That's, he stopped the show. It's like, I, okay, I'm so not strange. on. strange. Yeah. And he brought, what the documentary says, he brought the same crowd back the next night, and he mm. murdered it. And that's what you saw. Yeah. Wow. And I, I still remember that. I mean, those two, like uh, Raw, Delirious, and the Sunset Strip, Live from Sunset forever it will stand out in my mind it's yeah. just it's just amazing and then like bill burr special the the black and white one it's like incredible incredible you know and i just i love watching comedy of people with jokes that i know i never could do like that's my mm. whole thing you know i i don't like watching because i'm a family comedian so i never watch like family what comedies. does that mean to me, I talk about family most of the time like right, well, you're you're i don't a comedian, cur- i don't curse that much cur- how often you curse in an hour show twice Maybe. What what words do you use? Shit? Yeah. You ever say fuck? No. 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 Hmm. But you I don't say, curse in real this life. Freaking, this freaking guy, do you ever say that? No. Don't say freaking, whatever you do. Frick. <laughs> That's inf- more offensive to me than fuck. Yeah. Oh, no, I just- This freaking guy. It's I, not in my- I'm sure I curse a couple times in this pod, but I don't- It's not in my normal conversation. Hmm. Like, I, I, even when I'm hanging out with my dudes, I, I, I don't really? really curse that much. Yeah. Hmm. I don't know, and I'm sensitive. Yeah, it's a lot. Go- <laughs> it's a lot going on. And I'm sensitive. <laughs> I'm serious. I have my kid. I'm so sensitive, man. I well, don't know. That, that did you change? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. 
Yeah, it changes the shit out of you. Well, see, it's a biological change, and oh, it's also like you a had rec- girls, yeah, all girls. It's also yeah. it's a recognition change. It's like you, you kind of understand life in a different perspective. That I don't know if it's really available to you if you don't have children. I, just I don't think, think it is. I just think it's. I, I don't think everybody has to have kids. I'm not one of those zealots that says no. if you don't have kids, you ain't shit. I don't. I think that's offensive. I don't think that's what life's all about. I think you can affect people in a very meaningful way and never have kids, and there's nothing wrong with that. But I think for me, at least, for being the caveman that I am, it's like it was very important for me to see these little girls grow up and become, you know, human beings that are interfacing with the world and getting an understanding of what that means and like realizing that if you can do just a little bit to make the world a slightly better place, that could greatly affect all the people that your own children will come in contact with as well. And they can actually affect other people and have those other people treat the world in a different way and treat people with more respect and be nicer to people. And you can, we could have a better world for everybody. Well, I, Your the, kids, my kids, everybody's kids. The thing that struck me right away as soon as my son was born is I've never had the feeling of you – I would – as soon as – I would die for him. Like yeah. as soon as I met him, you know, I would – Die for as soon as he touched me. It's like a goddamn Prince song. <sighs> you know, I would die for you. But it's like to you, Prince is gone too soon. Yeah, what about that guy, man? God, you want to talk about a super powerful fucking entertainer, oh. one of a kind human being? I remember I was a kid. I was delivering newspapers. I was driving around, uh-huh. and I was uh, I listened to I had a cassette. Of uh, I want to be your lover, which yep. is like his first big hit, mm-hmm. and I was like, "Holy shit! Listen to this guy! Like, listen to this guy!" And the cover is just him with his long hair with no shirt on, looking beautiful. And the cover, I'm like, <laughs> what is he? Like, what is going on here? And I was almost, you know, because I was like fucking eighteen or something. I was almost like turned off by the cover. That's it, right there. Oh yeah. I was like, this is just. I'm not he's, buying this. He's just too beautiful. <laughs> he's, he's, he's dreamy. Look at that goddamn mustache. I'm having weird feelings right now. And then I listened to, I would, uh, you know, I mean, uh, I listened to uh, I Want to Be Your Lover, and I was like, God damn, what an unusual dude. Did you see Purple Rain? I'm sure yeah, you did. Yeah, of course. Like, that whole Morris Day, Apollonia, dude, like, that I was a to mo- be Prince. I, I bought an overcoat. Did just you? to wear a long overcoat. <laughs> so that some Prince would wear. Were you too mm. old for the Michael Jackson thing? The, the, I had the Thriller jacket. <sighs> no. I never wore that. I thought it was. I thought the Michael Jackson thing was interesting because I thought he's obviously a stunning, incredibly talented performer, but he was so weird and so unrelatable in every yeah. way. Like so oddly feminine and childlike, even though he's in his thirties. It was baffling to me. I was like, I get that he's super talented, yeah. but to, and then when the plastic surgery started happening, his face started changing and morphing. I'm like, this is just strange. Did you ever see either one? In concert? No, no, I never saw I Michael saw Jackson Prince. or Prince. I saw Prince. No. That was an amazing show. I had an opportunity to see Prince at the Hard Rock Cafe, and I blew it. The Hard Rock in Vegas. Yeah. And I blew it. I should have seen him. I never thought he was going to die. Yeah, and that's the, I'm seeing everybody now. Yeah, you should. Like I, Tom Petty is another one. I never yeah. saw Tom Petty. Yeah. I went to one of those Prince shows at the Palladium like uh, four years ago. He uh-huh. did a random seven-night show. There wasn't anybody there. There was maybe 500 people there. Really? The whole floor was empty. What? I don't know if why. I don't know why. I don't know if nobody knew or something. They didn't announce it at the right time. Or it didn't make it to Twitter 
whatever it was. I only heard because my friend worked there. I only that's the only reason I knew about. Well, it. I well, think when we're looking at Prince now, we're looking at Prince as like a a dead legend. I mean, he's a no, legend that's gone, and we think of him as like, God damn it, he was so good. He had so many great songs. But I think back then people thought of him as an older guy that they w- didn't really care as much about anymore, who hasn't put out rel- relatively popular music. Yeah. For quite a while, he he turned into an artist. I guess they could say where it, the music was just for himself, and well, he wasn't really. It was trying. nothing new, yeah. Right? It wasn't yeah. any new smash hits. No, you know, it's like there's some guys, right? That like one of the things that keeps Kanye West relevant is that he's constantly putting out music. Yeah, he constantly puts out stuff that people love. He constantly puts out stuff that smashes, and some guys lose their enthusiasm for productivity. For, yeah, for. Being prolific, they uh-huh. they lose that, and then they don't put out stuff anymore, and then they become like Rod Stewart, yeah. like Rod Stewart. I'd like to see Rod Stewart. I'm a giant Rod Stewart fan. Like when Maggie Mae comes on the radio, I get excited. I love mm-hmm. that goddamn song. I love a lot of his music. He's he was, a, but how many tickets will he sell right now? Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Will, yeah. will he sell out the Staples Center? I don't think he will. No, you know, I mean, you know when you. I know you're still working on Kanye coming on the show and things I'm not like that. even. You're not even. Okay. I mean, I would if he wants to do it, but I don't want to put any pressure on anybody. Absolutely. And I don't necessarily know that podcasts are the best place for someone, for yeah. everybody. They might not be the best place to just talk about shit. But did Maybe you get it's better to, to just do music? Did you get to talk to him at least on the phone? Yeah, or what? I talked to him. Yeah. He's yeah. A very nice guy. Let me tell you, man, he is so opposite his persona, like on the outside, like that you see in like in gossip magazines and mm-hmm. on TV. I, I, I used to host his Donda West Foundation uh, event in Chicago. And a lot of people don't know the good he did in Chicago. If they had perfect attendance, he would go there uh, every year, throw a huge concert, bring like uh, Common and all different types of Chicago artists. He would uh, bus everybody in from all over the city and throw a free concert for all these kids that had uh, perfect attendance. And it was good to interview him that way because he's su- at that time, at that time when his mom was still alive, he was such a down, down to earth, humble guy and actually shy and shy. Like he was really shy. So when, and this was at the time I would see stories about him yelling at Sway, yelling at him, you yeah. know? Yeah. And I'm like, this is not the dude that I interviewed. Well, he's, he's volatile. You know, yeah. he goes all over the place. Yeah. That's part of why he's such an explosive artist. Oh, he's incredible. You know? Incredible. Those guys, those, the people who think different, remember that stupid Apple ad, think different? Yeah. There's people that really do think different, mm-hmm. differently. That's one of the problems with that Apple ad. It's incorrect grammar. <laughs> but the, the, there's people out there that just have a different vibe. They're they're on a different frequency. They're a different wavelength. And they're the ones who create great shit, man. He has a gift. I mean, he is, you know, a lot of people outside go, oh, he's out there. He's, he's definitely out there, he's too, He's out though. there, too. Yeah. Yeah. But he's a genius. Yeah. He is a genius. He's doing something in a different way. And that's uh, that moves our culture along. That's what it's like. That's what when you're doing stand up, right? Like if you're if you're nailing something, if you really lock down something, and boom, you put out a live on the Sunset Strip yeah. or or a Delirious or something like that. You're changing culture. You're you're making people. People are going to spread out in these ripples. Yeah, they're going to go to their job in the morning. They're like, we saw Michael. Yo, holy shit, he does this joke about his cat and yeah. whatever the fuck it is, whatever the joke is. Yeah. And people be crying, laughing, and that. There's ripples to that. It's positive ripples. You it, change things. It's amazing that 
like when you do stand up, like what I love about it is when I was just a host doing the entertainment shows, I would go into castings and I go, oh, you're a host. Go ahead. Now, being a comedian, it's the most I will say that it's the most respected thing in our industry. Like I was on the the most balls. Yeah. I was on the set of modern family when the show was huge and the actors were like, Oh my God, you do stand up. How do you do that? And they're on the biggest television show at that time. Mm. Modern family, even actors respect it. So how castings have changed. I go in now they go, Oh, we saw you at the improv or we saw you here or there and you can host. This is amazing. You know? So just the respect you get from doing good comedy, you know, it's, it's, it's better to me than a Taylor Swift on stage because she has a whole band. She's having a bad night. She can kind of like lip sync, sync her songs. They have a I just saw a quote. It says, Michael Yo says he's better than Taylor Swift and all she does is lip sync. <laughs> no. God damn him. You know, when he was on E, he respected her and now that he's gone, he's flip flopping. He's flipped. He's flipped. We got to wrap this up, dude. We already oh. hit three hours. Isn't that crazy? Stop it's three it. o'clock. Dude. What the fuck? fuck? What the fuck? Three hours? It's three o'clock, bro. No way. It's three o'clock. It's goddamn time warp in this room. Dude. Michael Yo, that was a lot of Dude. fun, brother. We'll Thank do this you again. so much, Thank bro. you, my Thank friend. Thank you, man. Oh, tell people how to find you on Instagram, Twitter, all Everything at Michael Yo. That's Y-O. And my special is streaming free on Amazon Prime. Right and now. Is, right now. Right Go now. to it. Blaze. Everybody's got Prime. Yeah, Go everybody's got Prime. Check it out, man. All I right. would appreciate it. Thank you, my friend. That was fun. I'm glad we did this. Dude, me too, man. Michael Yo, folks.